Welcome to Under Two Capes. I'm Jared. And I'm Lad. And, and I was just like to take a minute to welcome Lad back, the slacker. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm, and I've returned. I decided it was a good time. This, we no, have minute. a... <laughs> no resentment, I'm, I'm feeling, you know? Yeah. So we have the most guests we've ever had on an Under Two Capes episode. This is oh. all Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, because this is a full house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right, first we got Nick from Phoenix Press, who might as well be a member of this channel because he shows up all the time. <laughs> yes, uh, I think I think I've uh, paid my dues enough. Yeah. I say his name th three times. He appears on Zoom. Beetlejuice. Yes, uh, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Next, we have Dawson from Four Nerds. Dawson, w welcome back. It's good to be back. I've been trying to, like, get back on the show for a while. It's just things things kept getting in the way and it kept ticking me off and i'm just like gosh dang it i gotta get back and so finally it'll be back tonight good to be here and finally last but never least we have the second guest ever to come on under two capes makes his triumphant return max mvp Priestley. welcome back dude yeah thank you so much for having me brother it's great to uh be here with such uh, like-minded people and uh, i'm excited to get started on uh, on a really cool conversation so it'll be good. All right. So I just this... realized your, your initials are literally MVP. That that is that is nice. <laughs> That's the flex of all flexes right there. I mean, yeah, I really I good. that exactly. <laughs> I, I always it's funny because people will say, you know, like MVP, like, are you just claiming that for yourself? Now? And I go, oh, no, they're my actual, uh, you know, legitimate, uh, you know, initials. So uh, it is your title. No one can take that away from you. That's true. <laughs> this is very true. That's You're the eternal MVP. <laughs> so now have to live up to that name. So exactly. hopefully you can do that. Yeah. And you do it very well. So today we are talking about a topic that I, I realize we have never done because we've never covered any comics that are non-Marvel or DC. So I figured for a little to, to, to break up the monotony because there's only so much that we can talk about Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, <laughs> even though they seem to to have like the Bible's worth of stories. So we're talking about our favorite indie comics, meaning anything not mainstream Marvel or DC. Now, before we do that though, there's a little topic that I just want to cover real quick. Um, what do you think, what do you guys think the odds are that Warner Brothers just pulls the plug on the flash because Ezra Miller won't stop uh, hurting people? <laughs> That's a given the recent news. If they don't do it, they're freaking idiots. Either they'll pull the plug or they'll just say delayed. Or, the, the, but here's the thing can they really just because if they delay it, he's gonna keep doing stuff? I, mean, I was I honestly, I think probably what they're gonna do is they're gonna say, Well, it's an HBO Max exclusive now, just to yeah. get it out there, get it out of the way, kind of put that kebab done, maybe get some money back from it. I think probably it's just going to go straight to HBO Max. That way they can get something out of it. And they could also just say, okay, we're done with the movie. Ezra, get the hell out of, out of, out of off the lot. Never come back. Never come to this town again. Um, and also, please, please return the girl. <laughs> Break yeah, out the um, Wally West. It's an interesting <laughs> thing because, like, at this point, they've sunk in way too much money into the movie, right? You have Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, Ezra yeah. Miller. You have all these different things. It's going to have a lot of VFX. So there's no way you just abandon the movie. I mean, I can understand the argument for HBO Max, but like at this point, in order to get at least a decent amount of return on your investment, you kind of have to put it on the theaters. Now, whether or not they'll have it in theaters for a very long time, that's a different question. 
right? Because all mm-hmm. the negative press or negative press that's surrounded Ezra Miller, whether a lot of stuff ends up being true or false, is yet to be seen. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely not good press. It's definitely not a good situation for Warner Brothers at all, especially when you're kind of trying to revamp your universe. It's definitely not a good start. What about you, Max? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. I mean, the the actions and the words of of Ezra Miller have really um, tarnished not only his name but kind of that the the DC name as well, which is really unfortunate. And uh, I feel terrible for these uh, these people who are having to um, go through whatever it is that he's been putting them through. But like you guys said, I think it's in DC's best interest, honestly, everyone's best interest to to uh, further themselves from him get rid of the get rid of him from the project and maybe maybe they can write it into the script as well he you know we have this new flash now or we're taking him out i mean look at how many i think uh, doctor strange was 80% reshoots you know yeah. what i mean the most recent multiverse of madness was 80% reshoots that's unheard Jeez. of so yeah. if they can do something like that with marvel warner brothers can also do something if it's going to be good or not we have yet to see so um, yeah, the, re- the whole thing is just really unfortunate that he's been kind of so selfish about all this. Although interesting point is that uh, you say 80% research for Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. There's a difference between uh, what DC did with reshooting like 80 to 90% of Justice League yeah, compared to Doctor Strange reshooting 80% yes. of that. Like yeah. Doctor Strange the ended up being pretty good. You have to make the movie League. good. Yeah. So again, when it comes to all those reshoots and all of that, I don't necessarily trust DC being able to put out a quality oh. product with that at all based on Justice League, but who knows? Yeah. Let me put it this way. I, I wouldn't, tr- it'd be hilarious if they announced, okay, so we're going to deep fake him because we, we did so well with Henry Cavill's mustache. Oh Ooh. boy. Well, I mean, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I think it's just, we're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to deep fake Grant Gustin's face. On, on, <laughs> yeah. <Miller's. laughs> well, yeah. you could also we're, we're have what, um... place Ezra Miller with, with Grant Gustin. Please watch this movie. I mean, you could also have, this would be a really expensive thing. So I don't know if this would be, actually be a solution, but there was a situation with Army of the Dead from Zack Snyder. There was mm-hmm. that one actor who had said and done some things and they ended up editing him out of the movie and entering in. I can't remember the actress's name. Obviously you'd have to do, a, yeah. Obviously you'd have to do a lot more work with that if you're going to replace Ezra Miller. But at the end of the day, that's just way too expensive. At this point, again, just put out the movie for a limited mm-hmm. run and then just be, wash your hands of it and be like, okay, let's move on to a different thing and see what happens. And then watch yeah. it. If they I, I, bring Zach back, I guarantee you what he'll do is he'll write it in. So like, oh, oh, uh, B- Barry retired. This is Wally. Yeah, I, I, I was saying or, that like... Or, or what you'd say is you have a Barry of a different universe come in. He looks nothing like Ezra Miller. Somehow <laughs> he looks like Grant Gustin. But, you know, who cares? It's Grant Gustin. What were you saying, Labs? Yeah, yeah I, I, I was just saying that they, they just... They need to release this movie as soon as possible before, like, things get worse you know like they just yeah. they delayed this movie it was supposed to be like november or december and then they now it's delayed all the way till the summer you know they should actually like move it back since the movie's already done filming just move it back and just release this thing as soon as possible for like things get worse get the movie out there heat and everything yeah. and then Hope just it. do wally west you know uh and just you know do flash like from that i think a lot of people like shoot a short scene like a post-credit scene where suddenly wally west is here and Mm. maybe he does he pulls like an a train and just kind of runs into him and as a miller miller splatters into a bunch of pieces (laughs) i don't know i don't know if they'd go for that but (laughs) that's actually really interesting lad i I wasn't i didn't know that it's actually done 
shooting. So they have the film that they need and now they're in the editing process. Like I'm everything is sure, all yeah, I'm pretty right sure it's it's all just an editing process now that it's just, you know, okay. they have a lot of special effects. They, they're doing a lot of special effects. I forget who mentioned that, but a lot of special effects going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, yeah. This case, this movie's I... been in the can for a bit because I know they had the trailer for uh, uh, DC Fandom, and that was what? When was that? Like um, March, April, like yeah, February or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's been delayed so many times. Right, and that's the thing is that the last bit of delays hasn't necessarily been because of like them finishing the movie. Like Black Adam, I think they're editing some things, um, but everything else is pretty much in the can as far as I understand, as far as shooting is concerned. Um, but they're just like, well, we're waiting for the right time and things are happening, like Amber Heard, Ezra Miller. It's like, okay, yeah. this is a fun yeah. time for DC yeah, films. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah, I the DC offices aren't the most pleasant place to be right now. <laughs> Particularly yeah. Zaslav. I guarantee you, Zaslav's axe is bloody and dripping. It's ready for its next victim. <laughs> yeah, possibly. So uh, so you mentioned so, Amber so Heard, I, like, did he... Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, Matt. sorry. Can I? I just want to before we switch to that. I just want to mention that supposedly the Flash film finished filming in uh, October of 2021. So yeah. that yeah, is that about right. That is like eight months ago, seven months ago, and it still doesn't come out until summer of next year. Like they just they're just Jeez. sitting on this thing. They just need to release this movie and get it out of the way before. I mean, I'll you know, say I'll this: if it's if they have it this long in the can, the VFX better look amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> how, long the, how long was the wait for New Mutants? Like how long oh, was yeah. the wait for New Mutants? <laughs> I, mean, I think New Fair Mutants. I, I like that movie. I personally liked it. Oh, but, you know. we may have a problem here. <laughs> To be fair, uh, I, I'm a simp for Anna Taylor Joy, so that does kind of true. There you go. She was great. <laughs> like, North anything North. she's in, I'm yeah. like, this is the best thing ever, and I'll fight you. So I, you know, it's like. <laughs> but the other people were pretty bad. She was good as magic, but everyone else not the best. Yeah. yeah this isn't. Boy. This as much isn't as necessarily. I love, as much as I love Arya Stark, she didn't make for a good Wolfsbane. Hmm. She, uh, you know, this is off topic from superheroes, but she did fantastic in Northmen. Yes, she did. So yes. I really, I I really enjoyed that. Her. Have, you that the Have you seen The Queen's Gambit on Netflix? That is such mm-hmm. a great series. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, basically like Anna Taylor Joy, you know, being like a chess champion. Uh, mm-hmm. It is so good. So good. My wife <laughs> okay. watched through that and it was a fantastic show, honestly. And, and there was the other thing that she was in. Um, oh, gosh, it was a Netflix last, movie. Late last night, The Soho, which was a yeah. bigger right movie. Yeah, I think that one was okay. But yeah, the North one was great. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, she, she's good. She's dang good. So, back to the All topic. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, the DCEU is, uh, it's kind of funny. All this, all, all this news that, that comes out for the DCEU, it makes me, every time something new comes out with like Amber Heard or, uh, or Ezra Miller, it's like, okay, so it's business as usual in the DCEU. <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, I didn't realize it was Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If it's not one thing, it's another, you know? They really just got to just, just get it together. Like, you know, like, just, like I don't need to know all the excuses that have happened, all the issues in the past. We just, just need to get it together and just move forward. And it just, we keep stumbling on the same stones for the last, like, five or six years now, ever since JL came out. I mean, the problem well, think- with DC is really they have a rotating door of, yeah. of head office people. Yeah. Like, look at Disney. Mm-hmm. Kevin Feige has been the head of Marvel 
since since the very beginning. And, and before he almost that, left for he, DC. You know, and before that, he he managed a lot of the X Men films. You know, I mean, yeah. he's kind of he's kind of taking a back seat now, and someone else has done the day to day stuff, which is why modern Marvel is suffering. That's that's the real reason why Marvel's going all woke and crap is because the the woman running the day to day stuff is the one pushing for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you Although, know, Kevin Feige is more over, over more, uh, you know, overseeing things. I will say this, and Lad is waiting for my opinion on the Ms. Marvel show. Mm-hmm. Okay, so normally I'm not a fan of Kamala Khan. But this show has done what Hawkeye did, and she's less intolerable in the show than in the well, comics. Thankful, thank you, another Hawkeye defender. Thank you. I love that show. Oh, yeah. I love Hawkeye. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was pleasantly like- surprised by Miss Marvel episode one, actually. You know, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't expect to like it at all, but I watched oh. it and I was like, you know what? This has some charm to it. It was fun. I've, I've heard good things about it. I probably should check it out. It's really good. You got to check it out. I like the first episode more than I like the first episode of Hawkeye. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hawkeye kind of takes a little bit to a little bit to get going. But, like, Same thing with Falcon Winter show. Soldier. It took forever to get to the points. Yeah, yeah. yeah like Falcon sure. Winter Soldier, it's not bad. Falcon Winter Soldier wasn't bad, but it's just kind of more of the same. Like, sure, the buddy cop aspects of like Falcon Winter Soldier was yeah. cool, but it was very like meh, milk toast. Like, wasn't bad, but it's just very, eh, like okay, I watch it. And then on it the opposite side, to watch. and then the opposite side of the spectrum was the Halo TV show, which was a travesty. And everyone wait, on wait, the- wait, they wait, they made a Halo TV show. I heard there was some like bastardized fan fiction where Master Chief took off his helmet and 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 it had sex, and then was a was a meat puppet for Cortana. But uh, I just thought that was a bad dream. And so I haven't watched a, the show, so I trusted, can't say anything about it. He trusted an alien spy that he just met. I didn't know that was Halo. I thought that was something else. No, it's like, some weird sci-fi channel BS. I thought it was like a Starship Troopers song. Yeah. Or Starship Troopers, do not tarnish Starship Troopers. You want to know more? <laughs> I had to. It's afraid. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love that movie, by the way. That's yeah. such a great movie. It is fun. It is. It, it is so, like, it is It is such, like, a kind of, like, such a great satire of fascism. It does it so well, but people actually take it at face value with it. It's satire. Oh yeah, right. 100%. so well, yeah, when look- people are literally cheering for these aliens that like that when like you said it's afraid and everyone just starts cheering like yeah it's it's pretty <laughs> you know we i remember watching it with a couple of uh uh like you know when while we're in marine corps training we watch all these really motivational you know videos and movies and stuff and one of them was starship troopers and we were just laughing the whole time that's hilarious yeah, yeah. oh my god come on you wakes you want to live forever yeah <laughs> Where, please tell me one of the movies was Full Metal Jacket. Of course it is. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, there are plenty. M-O-U-S-E. This is my rifle. This is my gun. This is for killing. This is for fun. Music hour all of a sudden. Hello, Joker. I wish I could say that there are, you know, scenes that aren't accurate to Marine Corps boot camp, but... They're, they did their very best while researching and like doing a lot of the stuff. And it helps that um, the one of the main actors, you know, um, Ar, Arlie or Ernie, Arlie Ernie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was a Marine Corps gunnery sergeant. So he plays. The oh, part even better. He was like, he was a, he was a drill sergeant during the time where the movie was set. Cause this is Vietnam mm-hmm. era. Yeah. You know, exactly. like, this is like six, six, like 60, 65 Marines, you know, and, and it's like, they're just trying to push him out there for them to die. So it's like, Go, you know, go. Crazy. This is me, Grindaboys. All right. 
So there's one more topic that I want to talk about before we get to the comics. And that is, so last, uh, so this past Tuesday, I think, lad, was yeah. the two-year anniversary of this very podcast. June now, 7th. Nice. Yeah, so... It, it it was the it started whole whole thing in COVID, but we know. But here, here's the thing: your your one was just figuring out that we wanted to cover on the show because <laughs> that's the tough part of YouTube is finding that niche. Yes. And then your two was when I decided, okay, let's see if I can get some guests on there. So I just blasted out like, please come on the show. And then it, yeah, it's like it was literally like that. It's like me with an M60, just like scatter fire, see who responds. And then it was yeah. like West and Max, then like it all went down the line to what I have now. And and then once you finally got the bottom of the barrel, I appeared. <laughs> like there's one left. And you never left. And you never left. I, I'm like a bad tumor, but somehow I have better jokes. He's not a tumor. <laughs> it's not the tumor. It's and not I the checked. Tumor. And I checked is that we're on track to be 200 subscribers because we have about 190 right now. Somehow it's like, for some reason, ever since we passed 100, we're gaining subs faster now. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's always yeah, the first couple of hundred that are the slowest for sure. So if you keep up the grind, it, it looks like it's slow, but it, it works. You know, eventually yeah, you know, you'll find your like audience. With, yeah, like with, uh, I can kind of, I can speak to that on Twitter. Like my first 200 followers was like, I was fighting for everyone. Now that I'm now I'm past 600, and it's like I just passively get one or two new subscribers every day or so. It's it's crazy. Wait till you get to 1,200. It slows back down again. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's yeah, a cycle. But it's definitely more like enjoyable now doing YouTube. Now that I have people I can invite on the show, so it's like it's a you lot have less. Minions. Like, yeah, it, exactly. I have my own minions. It's 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 awesome. less. It's less like just me and Lad talking, and then and now it's like me and Max or Dawson and I are like yeah, Nick guys, whenever he comes on every thirty seconds. You guys are replacing me and kicking, <laughs> pushing me to the no, side. No, no one. Nah. Ever... You see, we're getting paid more, so uh... <laughs> there's a reason paid? Paid? we're yeah, getting paid. I'm not getting paid, Jared. <laughs> no, you see, Lad, it's like we all reason... we all invoked the meme at the same time. That was great. There's a reason why whenever I have a new guest and I ask them who they prefer, Superman, Wonder Woman, or Batman, Wonder Woman, that's my, are, are you going to replace live that's question? That's your gauge. That's my mm. gauge. If they answer the right way, which pretty much everyone on this panel except Vlad has answered correctly, <laughs> th- then I know if, if it doesn't work out with Vlad, I got these people. I'm a leader, not a follower, Jared. I have forged my own path ahead. There Is that go. why whenever we play Halo, you always, uh, you always attach a grenade to the back of my head? I gotta, you know, get you when you're not paying attention, you know? Oh, we're quick, on the like, same team! team to the back of the uh, are you like that one person when in World of Warcraft when doing dungeons, you play a rogue, you 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 aggro everything and then pass it on to the healer and then tag out? Yeah, I would do that. that. Leroy Jenkins. That <laughs> I was thinking at least I got chicken. Leroy Jenkins! Hey, at least I got chicken. <laughs> hey, least I got chicken. Well, yeah, that's right. Yep. All like, right. um, if you guys have ever watched uh, SAO Abridged, it's like an abridged version of an Oh anime. my god! Yeah, yeah. so well, how they, dare they you make me like, care about them? Well, it's also there's a scene where, like, you know, how many people of you guys have died screaming Leroy Jenkins? <laughs> too many, way too it's many. More than one, which, in my opinion, is grounds for extermination of the entire species. <laughs> Sorry, there you go. Uh, you kind of you hit a vein there because I love that show so much. Yeah, I, I, I really hate people. Oh boy, that's a good one. <laughs> I love that speech. 
<laughs> Before we move on, I just gotta I gotta ask this one question, Max. So how many times in the Marine Corps have you heard someone yell Leroy Jenkins as they're charging in the battle? Oh, oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh into More actual battle. Into yeah. Do actual battle zero. Uh okay. into, oh my god, thank god. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. In uh in exercises and training events and boot camp and stuff like that you know, all the time. You hear the craziest <laughs> stuff uh, from sure. these guys and it's a lot of fun. Even I okay. even I said some wild, wild, insane stuff. That was <laughs> all right. So, okay, now I want to know what are some of the craziest things people have said going into battle? I, oh, oh boy. Uh, the, there's the, the classic phrase um, that a lot of guys will say that is actually from a historical uh, Marine Corps officer where he says, you know, um, uh where in in back in i think it was a vietnam era um you know they the the marine corps uh decided to move from one portion of the battlefield to a, another and we did have to retreat due to some of the losses but that leader said you know retreat retreat hell like we're just attacking in a different direction you know <laughs> so stuff like that that was always fun that you know if we ever had to move back or whatever we we'd say we're just attacking in a different direction um That's nice. but yeah little things like that that you'd hear that are fun or just insane because you're like that, that's that blows my mind but, roll the uh, crayons yes that too i still that take too. it over that's a marine corps stereotype <laughs> you guys eat crayons i ate uh, crayons on one of my live streams it was great it's probably something made up by the by by Air Force people. I, I I'm willing to bet. <laughs> I think it was just a, a meme by kind of everyone because everyone adopted it, and it was even the Marines were like, "Yeah, that that tracks. You know that that makes sense." So <laughs> I I think it was just fun all around for for us to kind of uh, embrace that. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now now we're gonna get to the main event of the night, our favorite indie comics. So the way I'm gonna go through this is I think I'm gonna have each of us go through like a list of like top five, top six or whatever mm -hmm. of our favorite indie comics. And to pick who will go first, okay. I'm gonna go with Dawson. I, I somehow knew <laughs> mentally preparing. So I'm more powerful than Professor X now. All right, so just like just bring up my top six, just kind of talk sure. about them. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so a lot of my uh, favorite indie comics have come out in the more recent years. Um, one of, of course, is the most recent of all the ones I've picked, and that's We Have Demons from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. It's Scott right? Snyder and Greg Capullo, of course. I mean, obviously, the combo, they're a dynamic duo. This, this was published through Comixology digitally, then through Dark Horse Comics. Um, I actually just finished reading this the other day, the first three issues, which is book one. So it's the end of the run right now. Uh, and it's just absolutely fantastic. Greg Pulo is the goat, in my opinion, as far as art is concerned. He's just absolutely phenomenal. I've been collecting a lot of his art for a long time. And it's just a very fun story. It's very much a interesting look into the elements of good versus evil and how those things are made manifest in the story through things like Halo, held like a good people or like a, a light element. And then Horn, which is the elements of like demons and such. And it's absolutely phenomenal. I love the the foil covers here, mm -hmm. which Greg Poole foil covers, if they come out, like they have my money. So uh, they kind of have their hands in my bank account at all times, which is only a little troubling a little bit. Um, but speaking of Greg Capullo, another one that I have is a more recent one. Reborn from Mark Millar and Greg Capullo. Although I'm not a huge fan of Mark Millar as a person, as a writer, he's got some good stuff, right? 
And yeah. this, very similar elements of exploring good versus evil, but this is more of like the afterlife and a more alternative take on what happens after we die and a very epic tale that ensues. And again, a lot of the reasons why I love this is because the art is just phenomenal. It's absolutely fantastic. And so I, I highly recommend this. And plus, like, this is the inner cover. It's freaking glorious. So Greg Hulo cool. and wow. Gold Foil. Like, you can't get any better than that, in my own personal opinion. Um, I do have one that I do not have down here. Uh, let me grab it really fast because I'm a, I'm a schmuck. <laughs> That's true, but... <laughs> so, this is another one from Dark Horse Comics. And I actually had the chance to interview the author and illustrator of this book. Uh, for, it's called Everyone is Tulip. Now, this is not like your classic, like action-packed superhero type of story. This is more of a character journey of a girl who's looking for fame via social media and the things she's willing to do and the type of person she's willing to give up being in order to accomplish that. And so the conversation I had with the writer and illustrator was absolutely phenomenal. They had really interesting insight into character development. Uh, the illustration is absolutely beautiful. In fact, I think one of the illustrators, Nicole Gu, did a run of uh, Batgirl. Uh, a while back i can't remember exactly when but she's got some really great stuff going on it's just a really interesting journey and look into the modern young mind and the next two things that i have are from the same author and it's actually my wife's favorite author he's a fantasy novelist named brandon sanderson Ooh. he has he has one series that's a graphic novel series called white sand and they're again more fantastical and deals with like these people who use the energy of the sands in order to like kind of like Jedi in a sense, they use a the sand basically like Jedi use the force in a, in a sense. I don't like and sand. It's rough and coarse and irritating. And it gets, I knew everything. someone was going to make that joke. That's why I said it. That is why I said it. Good setup. I'm trying to think of a good uh, Dune reference to sneak in, but I guess I just did that anyway. Just sing the soundtrack. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, I really like this. The only flaw that I have in this storyline is that they change artists too frequently. And so there's mm -hmm. a lot of inconsistencies visually, which for me as an art-based person, like it's, it kind of throws you off, but I love the writing. I love the world building. It, this is actually a part of something called the Cosmere, which is this universe that Brandon Sanderson creates in his fantasy novels, where all of his stories, almost all of them are connected into one giant universe and it take place on different worlds, which is really fascinating because in fact, this stuff gets referenced in another fantasy novel that he has uh, which I think is just really cool how he did that. And the same writer did this one called Dark One. This is the first volume of a series. This is the only volume that's out so far. Uh, but it's also fantasy. It's this guy who's basically he's a normal guy, but he has these nightmares of this monstrous creature that he is in the dream. And he comes to find out that that is actually all real. It's an alternate world that he comes from, that he's actually the Dark Lord of. And he has to remember who he is and he's trying to do that while also he's dealing with his mom in the in the human world and at the at the end of this he kind of like accepts who he is and embodies that dark one persona so it's an interesting character journey so i i really like that this one's from uh vault vault comics this is the only vault comics one that i have and last one i'm pretty sure a couple of you guys if not all of you guys have this on your list 300 oh I mean, heck yeah kind of happy Sparta! I mean, Frank Miller. I mean, yes. that's all I have to say. Frank Miller and Lynn Varley. You, you can't you get much better than that when it comes to indie comics. Yeah. I mean, the way they present these, I actually have, um, I have the single issues for both 300 and Xerxes, which is also pretty good. Oh. But I mean, you look at this art 
and it speaks for itself. I mean, come on, who can say yes. no to that? And the so fact you guys want to hear perfect... a cool story? Sure. What was that? So um, I had a friend of mine who went to uh, Michigan State University, where their mascot is the Spartans, and they're mm. at an MSU football game, and Gerard Butler was there in the stadium, and he led the whole stadium into a This Is Sparta chant. Yes! Wow. How awesome. cool is that? You're at an MSU stadium where you're, you are literally Spartans, and you have Gerard Butler leading everyone saying This Is Sparta. Like, I wish I was there. I, I'm, I, I'm a Michigan, I'm a U of M fan, but I would I would bleed green that day just to be there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't care about, like, Michigan teams, but, like, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, yes, I'm in on this, because it's freaking Gerard Butler in 300 reference, right? And you got like 60,000 people all chanting, this is Sparta. It would be Imagine better how, if you had all of them going, oh, oh, oh the, that weird chant. That, 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 what is your profession? Yeah, imagine that uh, the actual football team, they must have been hyped for that game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't win the game. I don't know what to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seriously. Like, that's their own dang fault. They, there's <laughs> no reason why they shouldn't have been pumped up. But like you mentioned, Gerard Butler, like the fact that there's like a perfectly adapted version of this in live action is Perfect. also just mm-hmm. more you, substance to the book. Yeah, yes, I was about you. to say, uh, Zack Snyder, the king of the comic book adaptations. I, I agree. I, I will die for Watchmen. I, I love that movie. Thank you. The ultimate cut of Watchmen. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, the only edition that... that, you're that not, uh, the, I'm the not the here locked up of... with you. You're here locked up with me. So the, yes. so the ultimate edition, you mean the only edition of the movie that actually exists? Exactly. I mean, the director's cut's good, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like how Batman yeah. v Superman, they somehow skipped the theaters and went straight straight to the straight to Blu-ray. Yeah, I know. Because they, they, they knew it was the ultimate version. They're like, you know what? Theater people don't deserve this. Let's just put it all on, on Blu-ray. <laughs> Let people know it's the ultimate edition and we're good. Max and I yeah. will we'll, uh, we'll agree on this because we have, we have a friend uh, who she shows up on the streams so she goes by a troubled green and she was actually on one of our live streams and when we were talking about Lord of the Rings, uh, the extended edition, she was like, oh, you mean the only editions that exist in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And, and the, the only DVD box set that comes with its own catheter. <laughs> yeah, because... Fair and, enough. I mean, that's smart. fair. Mm-hmm. And I'm, the dude, I'm the dude who has watched the Snyder Cut nine times, and you and I got to agree with that one right there. Um, yeah. Hopefully yeah, not in a row. I wish yeah, in a no. row. I had to sleep. <laughs> Sleep is for the week. Snyder is eternal. Sleep is for the week. Sleep is for the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That, that is kind of true. Yeah. But yeah, those are the, the independent comics that I love the most. So yeah, a lot of good ones. Dude, a lot of good ones. What an excellent list. And thank you for sharing some of those because uh, there are uh, quite a few on there that I need to check out that I haven't um that I haven't looked into yet. So excellent list. And which is great too, because I know for your, for your viewers, Jared, this is going to be excellent for people to get into this uh, world of that might not know Marvel and DC is, or that know Marvel and DC, but might not know about these indie comics exactly and see these creators. Yeah. So excellent list, brother. That we was, are showing them more ways to utilize their money. And to yeah. make themselves more broke. Yeah, this, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. With, with creative teams that, like, you know, like, hey, if you like Dark Dark Knight's Metal, check out We Have Demons. If you liked uh, Marvel's Daredevil with Frank Miller, check out Three Hundred. You know what I mean? Like the same creative teams are showing up in these indie books. So, 
Yeah, mm -hmm. it's excellent. Ex Great stuff. Exactly. There's more creative freedom, so they can do more of what they want. So mm -hmm. exactly, oh, yeah. they're not held back. They're able to tell interesting stories without having to be forced to have connective issue or tissue to other things, mm -hmm. which just makes it all the more exciting. Plus they're not. The they're not for. They're not forced by the studio to set up three different movies. Age of Ultron. <laughs> oh, you mean the bastardization of the Age of Ultron storyline? The Age of Ultron exactly. the last the week. Yeah, only this way. The what if episode uh, may have well have been titled "What if the Age of Ultron movie was actually the Age of Ultron storyline?" I will say this though: James Spader was a perfect pick. Oh, pick oh yeah, Ultron. that was yes. fine. Like in terms of like acting choice, James Spader did great as Ultron. Uh, I mean, there's even reports of like all the actors on set the first time they heard his voice as Ultron, they were like, "Okay." This is goaded yeah. already. <laughs> and, and then you remember that it's directed by Joss Whedon. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. I'm a monster That's... because I had my, my, my reproductive organs taken out. Oh, my God, I'm a monster. That's the reason why I, even though I love the show Firefly, I, to this day, refuse to pick up Firefly graphic novels because they always have his name on there. And I'm just I like, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I, have a few I mean, of honestly, them. Firefly was more Tim Miller's work than it was Joss Whedon's. Like, Joss Whedon may have created it, but Tim Miller was really the guy, like, really pushing that. Fair, anyway. fair, but it still has his name on it. I may, have a few, <laughs> I may have a few graphic novels, but I got those before all the stuff came out and before he even touched Justice League. So, you know what? I am, I, I am absolved. Exactly. You've already spent that money. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know the dude was going to turn out to be a total perv. <laughs> All right. Like if, I'm gonna, if I'm going to buy Firefly graphic novels, it's going to be used. I'd rather give my money to a bookstore than to him. Because oh, exactly. I think, um, was it Boom Studios that puts out comics for Firefly, I think? I, think I believe it's Boom it Studios. Be. It's Dark Horse on stuff that I have. Dark Horse. Yeah, okay. I think it's yeah, they, yeah, Dark Horse, yeah. Dark Horse. Okay. Interesting. I'll have to look into that. But yeah, that is my list. Right. From all I mean, getting on the, like, I just want to touch on the Firefly thing. Sure. Honestly, I think the only way Firefly could come back is if it was animated. Because oh, yeah, all the be actors are, so, are, are a lot older now, and the only way you could bring them, and they're so busy, the only way you could bring them back is to stick them in a the booth for a few, for like a week, pump out a season, and then you could probably do it animated. And I mean, a Firefly anime would be amazing. I just had a fantastic idea. What if they brought in Zack Snyder to direct Firefly as a big F you to Joss Whedon? <laughs> and you know I what? I, know I, I think that. Zach, I don't, I don't know if Zach would do that because he has more class. Well, that's true. Yeah. But I'm just saying, He's got be, enough class to be like, no. Sorry. That'd be hilarious, though. I'm just saying. It would be funny. <laughs> it would be funny. All right. I guess I'll go with Max next. What you got, brother? Yeah, absolutely, man. So I went a different route uh for and and maybe some of you guys have done the same thing but i actually went with comics that are current so if anyone's watching that is looking for comics that they can pick up uh like right now that are most likely in you know floppies at your local comic shop um or that the series is ongoing like as of 2022 um you can do that with some of these and mm -hmm. so these are what i read on a weekly to monthly basis due to what's coming out but the first one is from Ablaze, um, Ablaze Comics, which is the Chimerian or the Sumerian, however you want to say it. It is basically Robert E. Howard's 1920s, 1930s novelization of Conan the Barbarian oh. put into illustrated form. Um, it is beautiful. Uh, the artwork is fantastic. And each time they do another adaptation from the Robert E. Howard, Robert e. Howard series from the early 1900s, 
um, they get a new creative team on there. So sometimes they have different artists or different writers, but at the back of each book, they have the actual novelization typed, you know, like as if you were reading the novel in the back of the book. So you're getting two comics for the price of one. It's awesome. Um, so that's Sumerian, uh, mm -hmm. Echo Lands from Image Comics. Um, it Talking about art, if you guys want to see J.H. Williams being an absolute goat and master at his craft, go look at Echo Lands, if nothing else, just for the art. Um, he puts in watercoloring, but also inking, classic comic book style figures with cartoon figures. He's, he's merging all these different worlds together into this Echoland story based off of fairy tales and folklore. It's visually stunning. And the comic is totally different because it's actually sideways. So when you read it, um, yes, there you go. Um, it is actually horizontal instead of vertical. So you're, you're reading almost like it's a landscape, like it's a painting. That's um, so cool. it's, it's beautiful. So that is Echo Lands from Image. Um, the next one, I couldn't choose which story specifically, but if you guys want anything from Bad Idea Comics, which is a new publishing company that came out last year or two years ago, 2020 or 2021, um, they have creators like uh, Robert Venditti on some of the writings. He did uh, Tankers, which was one of the stories. It was like a three or four issue miniseries. Um, but Bad Idea Publishing uh, basically had all these great stories that they told uh, within a span of a year or two and then disbanded and then just said, all right, we're done. Uh, really weird marketing scheme and ploy, but hey, they created amazing work um, and very vibrant color, very vibrant colors, fantastic art on everything. And each one of the stories was more intriguing than the next. So mm -hmm. they had my money. Uh, I think another uh, creator they had was Matt Kent, who is doing Berserker right now I'm with Keanu Reeves. Is that, uh, I forget. Oh, that's a great series, I yeah, gotta say. It is. That's another oh, great indie one. Freaking um, out, what's his name? Uh, Rafael Grampa, his work on that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. my gosh, so yeah. good. I think uh, Jared, actually, Wes might have had an interview with Rafael uh, with, uh, talking about Berserker. So that was pretty cool. I have to check that um, out. Yeah. Then um, from James Stokoe, who I believe is writing and illustrating the series. This is from Dark Horse Comics, um, Orphan and the Five Beasts. Um, this is like, it's, it's if taking Western comic books and, and adding a classic manga type anime style of storytelling and historical um, like accuracy into a comic book, that's what you get with Orphan and the Five Beasts. It is uh, action-packed from the very start of the, the comic to the last page. I think there are three issues out right now, and he's working on issue number four. Um, but it's basically this orphan who has to fight, go town to town and fight these demons who have been corrupted by different, you know, kind of lust and gluttony and pride and all these different uh, the things. And, yeah. Yeah. So beautiful work. Um, and it's a really, really cool, like, coming-of-age story as this orphan goes through town to town. Um, and last, uh, I picked two that I couldn't, I couldn't decide which ones to go with, but one is Ultra Mega from Skybound or Image, and then the, and the other one is Space Bastards. Uh, really <laughs> weird title. Such a great people, title. <laughs> it's, it's wild. Um, 
and that is from Humanoids uh, Publishing. So um, Ultra Mega, again, artwork is fantastic, and the story is, it's out there. So I'll just tell you, Ultra Mega and Space Bastards, those stories are a lot of fun, but they're out there. So if you're looking for something that's really just kind of off the beaten trail and want to really kind of stretch your mind and your creativity a lot, those two are the ones to go with. So that sounds, that sounds like, a lot like, a, sounds sounds like, a, like a, a series that I heard about called Chicken Devil. If you guys have heard about that, it's a guy dressed yeah. up like a chicken costume and like gets <laughs> yeah. revenge and like, it's so freaking out there. Like you said, those mm-hmm. are always some fun stuff. Like every now and then you just put that in your pile and just like, yeah, you know, this is fun. It also sounds like any comic written by Grant Morrison. space uh space bastards is wild because it is a you know futuristic mailing service and if you Mm -hmm. you get paid by each package that you deliver but each package is anywhere from a million to a billion dollars the and the only reason is because other mailmen can kill you and take the package (laughs) for themselves to deliver it so it is like all these different in space only the fastest of parcels survive (laughs) exactly so it's basically once that package gets scanned into their like little watch um it is a race for time to get that package delivered uh to the next you know recipient as these other hitmen and you know mail deliverers uh are trying to kill the other ones to try and deliver this package for that really takes going postal to a whole new level in the grim in the grim there you go there's a catch there's a catchphrase for you we're you know going taking postal whatever you, you get yeah. it. it's like if the u.s postal service went and did the whole hunger games thing and took it really seriously in the, <laughs> in the grim dark future of the 41st millennium there were only the postal wars exactly so um I, I, yeah I, what about the franchise wars that's true oh gosh oh boy that's a whole nother stream you have been fined yes. two credits mm. for a verbal violation or so uh yeah, that's um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a it's like very funny. It's a very funny series, and it's definitely not um, you know like I'll just just as a heads up if you guys do want to buy this, it's not politically correct. There are expletives all over the place. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's it's F very yeah. like it's very <laughs> R rated, but like I said, it's funny. It's a lot of fun. It's a wild ride, and it's something that's so different than a lot of the things that I see. So. I just have a good laugh when I walk, when I read it, but leave um, it to the Marine to find the book that's expedited. <laughs> exactly. So but another question, good one. Are, another are good the one books ex- delivered on time? Are they delivered on time? Ooh, see, so these aren't Space Bastards isn't crowdfunded, so it was a monthly comic. It was delivered on time. Yeah. Dang. Oh, so they lived up to their name of of, of good postal service. That's good. There you go. There no you one, go. no one killed these publishers when they were. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, another good recent comic, I, I just thought of this just now because you talk about recent indie mm-hmm. comics is uh, Frank mm-hmm. Rosetta's Death Dealer. I've been reading yes. that, and that one's you talk about like more like mature R-rated. Like that's a really good one so far. I'm I really love me some. That. I love me some Rosetta art. Oh yeah, the, fantastic. Uh, I yeah, like uh, like you were saying earlier about you know Greg Capullo. G- Greg Capullo is in your uh, wallet. Well, Frank Frazetta and his Death Dealer series. Even though there have only been two issues, somehow I have like ten issues because it's all the variant covers. Um, <laughs> no, because I bought not- you know cover A, B, C, D for both issues, and now I'm just like, oh good. My shop I, only has know. one cover for each. So I'll I have a two, question. But if, if, is this if a they didn't have, I get them. Because Frank Rosetta has been passed on for some time now. Like, 
how is this happening? This is actually from the Frazetta girls. So his daughter oh, and then her okay. daughter are yeah. are on the project uh, overseeing everything. And then they have okay. a creative team. It's through Opus Publishing. Um, mm-hmm. But are Death they using Dealer like has... Frank Frazetta's old art, or are they like are the girls doing art themselves that are inspired by their father? I'm trying to get, like understand what's going on. So it's Frank yeah, Frazetta's. Uh, Death Deal is what they're naming it, so it's like his creation, but like I don't think he's ever able to illustrate. In fact, I can bring out an issue and read who. So he originally created it, but like they're kind of just taking it and making it a thing. Well, Frank Frazetta initially, because I looked into this too, because I was really interested, but Frank Frazetta was really the only. the only reason why Death Dealer came to be was because of his artwork. He never actually okay. created a story for Death Dealer or like a, a comic or any type of thing. It was really when Verotic uh, Publishing took a hold of the Death Dealer title. So it was Glenn Danzig and I forget his name, um, Simeon Bianchi or something like that. But uh, Glenn Danzig basically took Death Dealer, created a four issue miniseries. And then Image got a hold of it for a while, and now it's with Opus Publishing. But and this all happened these... kind of like way back when, and now they're kind of restarting it because like he's been Correct. passed passed yeah. away for some time now. I'm, I'm not yeah. trying. I'm I'm just trying to understand. Absolutely, man. Yeah, me too. Because like I said, I w- I was doing the same thing. I was like, okay, so is this his vision or something? But this is um, from the Frazetta like estate. Like the like I said, his his two daughters are overseeing this. But the story is based off of what I can only imagine is what the Frazetta estate is trying to do. Um, the covers are, uh, they have variant covers that are based off of Frazetta's artwork. Like it, it is his artwork yeah. just reprinted and maybe like touched up with color. Um, but like I said, Frazetta, and, and you can correct me um, if I'm wrong, if, if I say something incorrect here as well. But from what I researched, Frazetta was responsible for the paintings only and the name of, of Death Dealer. And then once Verotic Publishing got a hold of it, that's when they created the whole backstory of this sentient helmet that's been alive for centuries. Yeah. And okay. uh, once you put it on, you get like kind of this venom symbiote thing where so kind of like a your Dr. internal Fate monologue. Kind of yeah, yeah, similar to that, but you want to murder and, you know. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys mentioned this, but I don't know if you guys mentioned this, but the actual art is from Stefano Martino and Luis Antonio Delgado. Uh, that's you. the actual artist, but they, like you said, the paintings were Frank Frazetta's work. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. I was kind of confused. It's, the way you explained it, it sounds pretty much on the level, so it's all good. I mean, we're talking about a yeah. sentient helmet story here. So, I mean, with Frank Rosetta, you never know. It could be doing this from beyond the grave, you know? <laughs> yeah, for real. Maybe, no. maybe there's like an actual helmet that, that uh, Frank Rosetta transferred his... Co- well, yeah, pretty much. That's what I was going towards. It's a Walt Disney situation. Yeah, exactly. It's a Walt Disney situation. <laughs> oh, oh, you're saying, you're saying that, that Disney created the, the, the movie Frozen so they can uh, avoid the certain terms of, of Walt Disney Frozen? <laughs> <laughs> I love that conspiracy theory so much. It just it it's makes fun. so much little sense that I love it. Mm. Let me put my um, tin hat on made by, made from comic pages. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a, a great, another great one, brother. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, Death Dealer is excellent. I would say Death Dealer and Chimerian um, are both like, for me, when those come out every month, Mm-hmm. I read those first. Like that's the top yeah. of my pile. I, I read it almost immediately. Um, they are both master classes. Uh, they're very well done. And to the original owner of like, you know, Robert E. Howard for Conan and Frank Frazetta for Death Dealer, 
both are done in such a respectable and like honorable way for these creators to like see their creation come to fruition and see like these stories come to life. Um, I feel like every issue is just honoring them. So uh, those are two really cool fantasy, like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons type series. So yeah. Yeah. It's a lot like, um, uh, the last God, the DC Black Label story. I'm reading through yeah, that right yeah. now. It's very similar. Like R- Ricardo Frederiki, I would love to see him illustrate some Conan stuff. Dude, He's that, oh yeah. my gosh, that's um, that was Philip Kennedy Johnson, wasn't it? Who wrote that yep. one? Yep. Yeah, yeah, nice, good stuff. And if you see the like the hardcover of it, it's like so. I have the uh, where's the exterior cover? The exterior cover is like this but on the inside it's got like a map of the world in the story oh, it's so cool that's cool but i need the, to get that book that's so cool but the inner cover the inner cover looks like an old like spell book so it looks like it's all worn out in the design it's oh it's, it. it's in my bedroom or else i'd get it but it's oh it's so beautiful that's so cool that's like um there was uh the dan the book by grant morrison and dan mora uh klaus that came out a few few years back and the graphic mm. novel is like uh because klaus is about like what if Santa Claus was this like, you know, cool Viking uh, yeah. who saves this town from <laughs> evil and stuff. And the, the graphic novel, all the pages are inlaid with gold. So it looks like, you know, this nice Christmas, you know, Christmassy kind of uh, story book that you open. So how they, how they make these graphic novels really does it like the story justice as well. So that's pretty rad. Yeah. And speaking really of Dan cool. Mora, Once in Future, that's another good one. Mm, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right, so on that mind, thank you for your thank you for your list, Max. Max, great choice. I think thank I will you. go next. I'm going to start with Red Sonia, which ah. is basically like Wonder Woman, but she's in a metal bikini. The original one. And, and actually, speaking of Conan, in the in the Red Sonia movie, Conan shows up. No what? Yeah. And even really? in, the, in the comics, they team up like all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, they're in the That's same the universe, so I'd expect as much. So, yeah, so basically, this has been basically a, a collection of like one shot storylines, but it's by like so many like well known DC writers and artists like Gail Simone and uh, Liam Sharp, a, a lot of guys that we've all known from like what from uh, DC Comics past and and I guess future. I, I I'm not so sure how I can say future, but whatever. So next, your past. Yeah, exactly. I go. hope it's not that bad. Uh, next, Terminal Lance, and Max will appreciate yeah. this. So this started as like a traditional nice. like newspaper comic strip on Life in the Marine mm-hmm. Corps, and it it just got collected into like. A, basically a book and then i but obviously i got this because i'm a big big fan of military humor so a lot of the stuff i got so there you go it's awesome next is black powder uh red earth and this one is basically a more modern like warfare storyline about private military contractors which Hmm. they're all right, so Max, can you explain to the fa- to the uh, fans in the panel here what a PMC is? Um, in terms of like, so I know what a PFC is. Well, uh, like, first like, class. Yeah, that's a rank, but a PMC. I don't know if I've. Uh, is it's that a like four operators? Okay, because yes. I was going to say private four... military something. 
contractor, yeah. Base, the way I understand it is that they're basically doing the same thing the military does, but for a higher paycheck and it's like not necessarily for one country or another. It just depends. Mm. But anyway, so there's Yeah, kind of. So it's basically, this covers a lot. It's actually kind of funny because when I was looking at the reviews of this book, one of the things is like, there's no dialogue when there's an action scene. And I'm like, well, it's actually realistic because these guys are all special operations guys and they don't talk when they're actually kicking down doors. So I'm like, why would they be going? They're not going to go, Leroy Jenkins. Speaking of a joke <laughs> right there. Next, speaking of Scott Snyder, Noctera. Nice. Oh, good oh one. my Very God. Nice. Because good first off, I'm a big fan of Tony S. Daniels art from like Superman, yeah. Wonder Woman and anything he does on DC. But He's not good. So for those of you that don't know, this is a storyline where the earth is in perpetual darkness. And if you're exposed to, to the darkness for like a long time, you get turned into a zombie. So everyone has to live with, with big neon lights everywhere. And the main character, Val Riggs, is like, a, uh, I think that they call her a ferryman. And she basically drives a truck and transports people to and from places, um, to and from the light. Nice. You mentioned my yep. next one. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Max. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, that's one that uh, people can start picking up at their yeah. local comic shop right now. It's still, it's an ongoing series. And um, it's one of those series that like almost gets better as you continue to read on, which is rare. Some series kind of yeah. drop off. So it's also a thing I really hope there's a movie someday because it <laughs> seems like there would, there would be a really good, like, it, it, like um, Resident Evil style movie, except good. Well, yeah. no, I we, we have to let the Hollywood shake itself out first. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next is Berserker by Keanu Reeves. There you go. Yes. There you, you go. Know I, I would have added this. I would have had this, but I figured somebody else would. So I was just like, you know what? Let somebody yeah. else talk about it. So basically, he's Jared's an immortal warrior that basically just kills people and is regaining his, his memories. He's existed since, like, the ancient days of man. And he's like a weapon. So it's like... So it's Keanu Reeves. It's Keanu Reeves. It's basically John Wick, <laughs> but with bows and arrows and guns. So it's Keanu Reeves' inner self, is what this book is. I mean, we all know Keanu Reeves is an immortal vampire, so it's all good. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Next, Power Rangers: Soul of the Dragon. You mother effer! You mother effer! <laughs> oh, yes. someone stole it. Someone died. Oh! <laughs> you nice. mother effer! <laughs> I, I love this self-censorship right now. It's so good. I didn't expect that. You mother effer. Uh, <laughs> he sorry. said this was a PG stream, so I'm trying to be a good boy. That, you're doing very well. Other words, otherwise I'd be cussing him out right now, but he wants me to be good, <laughs> so I'm trying to be a good boy. <laughs> but yeah, this is just so cool because it's like Tommy Oliver being the Green Ranger and he's like, it goes to hit, uh, like there's this one part where he has to come out of retirement because this is in like the far future as an SPD Ranger and, and he has to go through like uh, Morpher that's slowly degrading. So he's going through like Turbo, Mighty Morpher. Yeah, he has the Master Morpher. So he's going through all the different Morpher uh, Power Rangers errors that he has. It's like Old Man Tommy. That, that's how I've heard it described. Essentially Old Man Tommy, yeah. But you know, like Old about... Man Logan, it's like Old Man Tommy. What's interesting about nice. Power Rangers comics, what I noticed immediately reading this, is that it's not campy. Because the show is very campy. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that's very true. <laughs> and then my last book... This is something I just picked up. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Yeah, I, I swear I had no idea you were going to pick that. The, the last book, which is one I just picked up, 
and you can actually find online too, is Cyber Frog by Ethan Van Skyver. Hmm, also signed by Ethan Van Skyver. Mm, nice. was, I backed the Blood Honey box, which is basically a cardboard box that has his character on it. And then it came with all these comics. I have, so he has three of the Drain books, which is basically the book, but no like lettering or like colors. It's all the line work and basically a black and white art book. And what I find is that you can still follow the story if you just go panel to panel to panel. It's like, I have um, I have the first issue of Frank Miller and Jim Lee's All-Star Batman and Robin, but it's just the, the sketch work and ink work mm. is well as all in the book. It's, oh, it's beautiful. Story, not so much. Art, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has an art book, which is the art of uh, another uh, comics gay uh, artist named John Malin, who did a lot of uh, work for Marvel. Mm. And then the actual yeah, book. guy. Yeah, and, and then, then the actual book that that, um, that that has the special silver and white covers of the yeah, nice. it's so good. And the art is like, it's Ethan Van Skyver. And what I love about him, particularly if you read like Green Lantern Rebirth, his art is so detailed. Like, yeah. I'm trying to yeah. open this up. Like, here is basically like an example. It's right there. Mm -hmm. oh, I never shoot. understood why EVS never got the same amount of like respect that people like, like, you know, Jim Lee did. Because like, he, like, AVS is definitely on Jim Lee's level, in my opinion. Oh, you know, yes. and in some respects, he kind of surpasses it because Jim Lee's kind of gotten a little bit lazy in his more recent years. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but but like I never understood why EVS didn't get get like the kind of renown and respect because his art is kind of on that level. Yeah, I think the sure. the oh sorry, go ahead, brother. No, I was just saying for sure you're, you're totally good. Oh, go okay, um, I think one of the things that uh, that's really difficult for artists and something that I noticed while I was. Um, either reading during that time period or something that I've looked back and I've gone, oh, that's so interesting is like the the artists have, you know, because I'm, I'm watching Daniel Warren Johnson. He has a live stream every Friday and I watch him do his illustrations and it's all black and white and everything. And I'm just enthralled. One of the things that I noticed that puts you down as like one of the top artists in your field is deadlines you know what i mean mm -hmm. and you know we were all joking about deadlines earlier but um evs has even stated while he was at dc you know while he was employed by them even he was having trouble making some of those deadlines because he loves to take the time to really get the detail to really understand the character while he's drawing them or while he's creating the, the landscape and the scenery but you know, though that's so detailed, it can also hinder that process of turning that book in on time, which is unfortunate. Um, whereas Jim Lee, from what I know, was very good at timeframes. Um, whether or not he can, is a businessman or he can run a company or whatnot, that's, like I said, totally different stream for a different time. But yeah, right. I mean, like so much goes into the artists. It's not just, hey, can you draw well? It's can you do you ink your own stuff? Do you have someone like uh, Matt Banning who can ink almost every character in the Marvel and DC universe or image? Um, do you have uh, do you have the, the deadlines on time? Um, do you have like landscapes in the back that are going to look like they belong with your characters? And so there's so much into it um, that yeah. I could ramble on about, but. Yeah, I, I do think and, that he's a masterclass. So. And not only do you have to like worry about like, for instance, an artist having an inker, like, like for instance, you have to have someone that's familiar with how you work. Like for example, with Jim yeah. Lee and uh, uh, what's his name, um, Scott Williams, right? Mm -hmm. They've been working mm -hmm. together for years, and so now at this point, Scott Williams basically draws exactly like Jim Lee does with inks. 
So yeah. they know each other so well. So Jim Lee can, you know, go a little faster than he usually would like to, but Scott Williams will know exactly what he's doing. So inking is a cinch. So it's not exactly. just like having someone there, it's being having that familiarity and therefore getting things done faster. Yeah, so that's the, kind of the importance of long-term collaborators. That's where kind of things kind of mm -hmm. get in because like you kind of know each other better. And then over time, you start to uh, compensate the other person's weakness, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's I think it's really a kind of important in today's age is kind of have the people that you like to work with, they have a good rapport with, and it just makes things so much easier. It's why you have all these different artists, like all the good artists, at least most of their, their work recently, you'll see their names are alongside all the same names. Like yeah, for instance, exactly. I mentioned Greg Pulo. Greg Pulo's name is always next to Jonathan Glapian or FCO Placencia, right? His name is mm -hmm. always next to them because he's worked them for so long. And hence why his stuff ends up looking as phenomenal as it does because there's consistency and they understand each other. Speaking of Jim Lee and Scott Williams, I also have the Justice League, basically oh. dream that that's the first two volumes of the new 52 Justice League, but- That's ours, unwrapped, right? Yeah, Wait, wait, wait. I have I, that one I, too, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I, this is a PG channel. Why are you showing softcore porn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a, awesome. that Justice League unwrapped and I also have Court of Owls unwrapped. I need to get Death of the Family unwrapped. Ooh. And uh, I have also an Andy Kubert unwrapped too. Those are phenomenal. I love learning from those. Sounds yeah, like you need to unwrap your wallet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's pretty <laughs> much it. I mean, I unwrapped it on a statue. So there's that. And basically anything Zack Snyder makes, I'm just, I'm waiting. But by the way, uh, speaking of Ezra Miller, the, the, um, if they wanted to continue the Snyderverse, it'd be great way to do it in the comic book because they don't have to worry about Ezra Miller. <laughs> just <laughs> put the flash in there and just do it. I'd buy that since, in a heartbeat. Oh, oh, since yes. when have the comics ever reflected what is going on in the films, though? I mean, yeah, they try to sometimes. Like, Marvel yeah. has made efforts. To, like, for example, Nick Fury was originally white, and he was white for the longest time, but That's suddenly the, the MCU comes around, suddenly Nick Fury's black. <laughs> and you also had the Ultimate Universe, too, which is very clearly... Which is what inspired the MCU. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, get yeah. that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, uh, but anyway, so the reason why I got this is because he's always been one of my favorite artists. And the problem I have with DC right now is that they seem to be losing a lot of their top talent, like their top writers and artists. Like, I think last year, Jason Fabok left. It's like they were losing. All, and from what I hear, Jim Lee may be the next to go. So it's like they're losing That'll all be a big their, hit. They're losing all their people that made DC like DC. Because I've always maintained DC in terms of quality of storytelling and art is the top comic book publisher. The only reason why I think Marvel surpasses them is because they flood the market with 8,000 books. Also, I mean, you mentioned all the different top talent coming out of DC. You notice that most of those don't jump ship to Marvel. They make their own companies or go to independent work. Yeah, like exactly. now Scott Snyder is his own publication company. Frank Miller is now starting his own publication company. You know, all these different people. You also have uh, um, Rob Liefeld, who's a part of Image Comics for a long time. You know, Todd McFarlane, all those guys, they're doing independent work. And that's where you're seeing all the top talent go because they have that option because they have recognizable names. Yeah, that's true. What's, well, yeah, that's true. I, I was like, go ahead, Max. Sorry, brother. I was just going to say what's interesting is that you never, in a million years, I'd never think that DC would be a stepping stone to something else. You know, like, because <laughs> no. for me, if I got to DC, I'd be like, I've made it. You know, I'm yeah. here. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. this is my, like, I get to draw Batman. Like, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Now it's and, just a dream job. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it's just like, okay, well, this is step one. 
now I need to start my own company or now I need to do crowdfunding or now I need to, well, the big thing now is Netflix deals. You know, a lot yeah. of people were yeah. seeing going to Netflix deals. And now those um, are starting to go away. Yeah, because Netflix yeah. is so slowly dying. Well, it's oversaturated. I mean, look yeah. at how many, there's so many shows out right now that, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to catch up on shows from last year. So, um, yeah, I think there's, there's just an oversaturation in the Give market. Give it five but, years, um, a lot of these streaming services are going to die off. I, I, like, I'm calling mm-hmm. it. I mean, like, you mentioned so- also, like, the outsourcing of, like, comic material and comic talent to Netflix. Like, you know, I mentioned Reborn from Mark Millar. Mark Millar had another uh, project, a product yeah. that was on oh, Netflix, yeah. right? Yeah. And that ended up getting the can after one season. And then Reborn, the same book that I brought up, there's, like, contracts for a series on Netflix about it but there's oh, like wow. no news about it whatsoever and it's been in the works since like 2017 i think it's been contracted for that long so that's not happening well the, the other thing about mark millar is he has a history of his stuff getting adapted for movies so that's a yeah. little bit of a different situation like he has objects right and normally with mark millar's like movie adaptations are really hit or miss like the first couple of kingsman movies were good but and nowhere near as good as kick-ass uh, the first Kingsman is really, really good. Like that's like one of the best. I love that movie. Second one sucks. Uh, I haven't seen the third one. First Kickass is pretty good. The second one was okay. Um, I haven't seen Want. I think I saw Wanted. That was okay. Wanted was pretty good. There's so many pro- pro- uh, there's so many properties that I had no idea were based on comic books. <laughs> right. It would be interesting to see uh, King of Spies done well um his yeah. most recent um because i think that was him right his most recent work um mm-hmm. i think uh, so yeah me let me look that up actually yeah now, i guess now... i fear i fear they turned it into a kingsman property because like oh mark millar spies will just turn into kingsman brand recognition mm. yeah it's mark millar yep okay um but I, I did enjoy that one i thought that was kind of a cool interesting premise um and uh but yeah i mean we're, we're definitely because they also had uh, what the amazon prime i don't know i'm, I'm thinking of some something different oh amazon prime's definitely in the game because the, they got like the boys and invincible so yeah. good oh man yeah. i've been meaning to get the compendiums for invincible because i i, 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 I like need to speaking of compendiums though that this is an honorable m- mention spawn mm. oh, nice i love nice. Spawn. Excellent. Pretty stuff. thick, pretty thick boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's almost yeah, it was, like uh, my my grandma Morris in JLA omnibus. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Green Lantern, um, Jeff Johns, and Ethan Skyver, like you know, Those three volumes of that. Like that thing, I'll be like reading it in like I, I'll I'll either have to read it in in a chair or like somehow where it's on a table because when I'm like, like a trying to like. <laughs> <laughs> The like guy's like supporting two Jeff Johns. Like, I mean, if it you, is. like if you if you need exercise, you can just be like get the book and start curling. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, like, never skip our day. Right there. It really does need a pulpit, though. I mean, for a lot of Green Lantern fans, that is gospel. You know, like that <laughs> Green Lantern series. Myself included. But, uh, yeah, but if you need, if you're like trying the... to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just I was just gonna say if you're trying to lay down and read that thing, it's gonna like it's gonna be. <laughs> It's gonna crush your chest. you. It's gonna crush <laughs> your chest. Like some of these omnibus, omnibus 
are uh, are just massive, which I mean, I love because you're you're getting your bang for your buck. But uh, right. yeah, he, it's definitely interesting to try and read them. So, so doctor, that's my issue because like my issue is I read in bed before I go to sleep. So like if mm-hmm. I ever got mm-hmm. that one, because like I have the Aquaman omnibus from Jeff Johns, I have the omnibus of uh, Batman from Grant Morrison. So like I've sat down in bed and read those, and I'm just like. <gasps> okay (laughs) that's my exercise for the day (laughs) yeah right yeah exactly but it's it's like uh yeah it's like when i showed my dad my my grant morrison jla on the bus he's like how many what and you've read i'm still uh i got that in december i'm still trying to work my way through them through rock of eight i'm almost done with, with rock of ages right now but i'm like because here's the thing it's the one grant morrison book that's actually easy to understand because lad and i co- covered final crisis and we still don't know what the heck happened mm. with that storyline <laughs> the yeah. the omni the omnibus are, are great though and in, in terms of like if there's a slow week uh at your local comic shop and like because there have been weeks where i don't pick anything up just due to my pull list and and how some of the comics are released so like mm-hmm. if so a lot of times a lot of publishers will release all their stuff in like one week and so i'm picking up you know a hundred dollars worth of books or something but on those more quieter weeks i can go back into the back issues or the omnibus and just go like oh man this is great i i'm, I'm still getting to read for that week or i'm still getting to read for that month that but now it's just nice. some older stuff so um yeah yeah absolutely. all right so next up latimus yes what books you got brother so yeah so uh for those that are unaware that i'm more familiar with comic books in the movie side and shows and through jared he introduced me more to he introduces me okay everyone before i get beat up over here introduced me to more of the comic book side and i've actually i've always loved comic books but uh it's usually been like with properties i know so i i usually mm-hmm. am more familiar with spider-man and some nice. you know batman some of the, like the marvel and dc i haven't branched out as much into some of the other publishers but there's a few that I wanted to mention is, you know, uh, Jared mentioned earlier, but some of the Power Ranger comics from Boom <laughs> Studios are really fun. Yeah, I eat it, I love, they can, they do some cool stuff in these comics because they actually make it a little bit, a little bit more serious, less campy, some more mature storylines. So kind of like doing more like mature Power Rangers, doing something fun, exciting. Cause those are good characters, but obviously it's always going to be at like a, you know, teenage uh kids show level so it's kind of cool. yeah, with attitude. Gotta have that attitude yeah <laughs> with attitude obviously so it's kind of cool to see some there's some really cool storylines like tommy oliver be, uh from another universe turning evil and green ranger basically power rangers and justice yeah lord draken lord draken and him basically going through the universe and hunting down rangers so there's lots of cool stuff shattered like that. grid mm-hmm. shattered grid yeah so I, so I kind of like, I like some of that storylines. Another one I just wanted to mention briefly is from uh, IDW Publishing. The Transformers series is really fun. Mm. They do some really cool storylines there. Uh, just branch out, you know, obviously do some like m- more mature storylines, do stuff that's more interesting other than just Autobots and Decepticons fighting on Earth. And there's the, the kids that somehow save the entire day and something you know they kind of focus more on like the space adventures and uh maybe like political you know directions Autobots, so roll out 
Yes. I had the adaptations for the uh, for Transformers 2 in comic book form. Mm, it was, really it was way better than the movie. <laughs> well, yep. that that's to be expected, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, she got led. So, so those, yeah, those are just some of the comic books I'm thinking off the top of my head that I've really uh, more indie side that I've really enjoyed. Uh, Bionicle um, counts. I know they have comics. Oh, I mean, that's like <laughs> way back in the day, you know? <laughs> oh, who cares? People who bring cares? it up, but like, you know, I was always a fan of Bionicle. This is like, you know, 2000s era, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's technically published. There's not there, by DC, but it was, you know, it's very far. It's an imprint. I said that yeah. counts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this was released like for you know young audiences at the time but it was a really cool storyline they had really good art i really enjoyed the storylines in these in these books uh Ooh, the art pretty books. good not bad art jeez i'm surprised no it was really good they released well, like DC 50 art, so. issues over 10 years or so and they had a really good uh long-running storyline lots of really cool stuff uh mm. you know sacrifice hope you know, betrayal, plot twists, and everything. So it was really good. I really, I enjoyed those storylines a lot, and I still have them stored away in my room here and check it out from time to time. Can always recommend. Yeah. You know, if um if you're wanting to get into more, like, uh, independent comics that are based off of bigger IPs, I would highly recommend checking out some of the older uh, Dark Horse comics, Star Wars Tales. Mm. Oh, my um, God, yes, yes. They're fantastic, especially there's there's some that deal with stories of the old Republic. There's stuff yeah. that happens in the era of, like, A New Hope. There's one that I have, Star, uh, Star Wars Tales 23, which tells the origin story of Wedge Antilles, according to oh. Legends. It's not canon yeah. anymore, but in my opinion, it's a better Thanks, story. Thanks, Disney. Yeah, we have now. Um, <laughs> But I definitely recommend those because it also stories about Darth Maul. There's plenty right. of stuff like that you can get from Dark Horse Comics Star Wars. That's just there's absolutely one phenomenal. That's, there's one that's really good. It's called The Star Wars, which is like a mini series they did right before they lost the rights, where it's mm. based off of George Lucas's original version oh. of the Star Wars script. You know, the one where where Han Solo was like an alien yeah. kind of stuff, where it's all it's all crazy, but it's all based off the original version. It's like a really kind of alternate history thing. It's like really sweet. It's kind of like a mini series. It's a new hope, yeah. but like the original version, I recommend that one. What I actually had growing up is I had, so they released, so you guys remember that old Clone Wars cartoon that was like on Cartoon um, Network, the short like five minute episodes? The only thing not made by Disney that is, that is still considered canon. Yeah, they, I, I had like, the, they had these little storylines that, that would be in comic book form, but in the animation style. And it was like mm-hmm. stuff that took place in that era. So that was like my first like big comic book series that I actually collected a lot of. And you can also check out um, Dark Horse also did a lot of uh, comic book adaptations of the movies. So there's like, I have uh, the Phantom Menace adaptation yeah. here. Um, yeah. That's and really again, with sick. Star Wars Tales, this is the one that I have. They have like three stories in one comic. Like one that I actually really like in this one is called Hunting Darkness. It's an older public tale where all these Jedi from the older public are hunting these creatures. And it introduces this interesting element of this one type of kyber crystal that operates off of the user's ability to stay tapped into the light side of the force. And if they stray away from that side, the lightsaber kyber crystal starts to lose its power. And so it introduces that really interesting element. So I think those are really fun things to explore. Yeah, it kind of sounds like, uh, you know, certain, like, you know, when you're playing uh, Night Sail or Republic, the game, you know, there are are certain crystals that are light side only and dark side only, and it kind of sounds similar to that. Exactly. Yeah. That's really fun. Yeah, I've always enjoyed a lot of the 
Star Wars expanded universe uh, stories. I, I I've read a lot of the the, the novels back in the day, uh, but the comic books I've definitely checked out some of those, and those are really fun. And you know, and it's okay that it's you know even though it's not canon anymore, those stories still exist, and you can still They're enjoy. Legends. All the those legends. goods. The oh, legends, I don't care the about the canon. I don't care about canon anymore. Yeah, I don't care, but the good story, I'll take it. There you go. Yep, they got nice. two Transformers comic books over there. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Star Wars. Classic. Darth yes. Maul. Oh, and oh Michael God. Turner Unwrap. cover. And if you those remember, are good too. they I had like Star those. Wars action figures that came with comic books. So I got one that's on <laughs> Quinlan Voss. Yeah. Commander nice. Cody. And what's kind of funny is that there, there, there's a scene in this where like these clones are like pinned down by like a, a, a separatist gun. And then they go, okay, so we can't rush, but what would General Kenobi do if he were in my position? Then the troops instantly go, prepare to attack. Yeah, yeah he gets high ground. Is, is, is like a really interesting character for me because like he's one of those like semi canon characters. Like they, they retconned a person in episode one to be Quentin <laughs> yeah. Voss. And like he got name dropped in episode three. Yeah. And apparently, uh, oh, uh, in, in Obi Wan, he mentions yep. Voss. Yep. So, like, yeah. so, like, yeah. we might see uh, Quentin Voss show up. Like, if anyone can survive, because uh, I, I think, uh, he does. I think they even tie in Quentin Voss's story with a with uh, Saad Ventress's story. Yeah. yeah they fell in love Where, like, uh, in the cold. And he war. dies in his arms, which is, yeah. I feel really, you know, I don't know. If you look into uh, Saad Ventress, he's really got a sad story. Dawson, you had um, you mentioned Michael Turner there uh, for a yes. second that uh, that cover. I'll just say to uh, yes, I'll just say real quick if you're watching this and you haven't seen any Top Cow, Top Cow is a publisher back from like the nineties, early two thousands. Which blade? If if you want to if you want to lose your money the quickest way because that's how I did. <laughs> um by anything from michael turner from top cow i'll oh, just yes. say that or yeah, from honestly any with, any did, other stuff did he do any Witchblade? actually issue like one through 12 i'm pretty sure is all michael turner stuff speaking of michael um, turner yeah <laughs> that buddy that is the first ever comic story that i ever read and that's why i fell in love with my really that's there you go yeah. like, funny story book, like funny story that that comic or i think it was the issue where supergirl lands on earth yeah. uh, that issue was at my public library and i was like nine years old and my mom took us to the library sometimes just kind of hang out and i went in the back room where they had comic books on a little like panel thing and so mm -hmm. i picked that up and i read and it was the first comic book i ever read dude what a and they also like made the perfect it, introduction that's the first comics. that's the best library Seriously. ever first off but that's that's one of the most accurate like comic to movie adaptations because they made an animated movie yes. based on that and it mm -hmm. was like yeah. legit and also what I loved about the animated movies that they made the animation style exact they as close as they could recreated Michael <laughs> Turner's exact style. Are you talking about Superman Batman say, Apocalypse? Yes. I was going to say that movie. thank you for saying as close as they could because I was like R.I.P. Michael Turner no one We'll no do one could Michael replicate Turner. that, no. but I'm like, yeah, not even exactly. close. Yeah. My favorite part so, of that movie and comic is where Bat is when Batman confronts Darkseid, and he's like, "I've activated the Hell Spores. They're about to blow Apocalypse up." And then Batman's uh, and the Darkseid's like, "There's no way you decrypted my secret code." And then and he, he goes, tells "Omega Lambda like, Seven." Like yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. and the and the Darkseid's like, "If the Amazon or the Kryptonian did this, I wouldn't think they would go through with it." But you only Batman you. could get oh. Darkseid's respect. Like, yeah, so, but I will that say is this. such a Batman moment. 
I will say this, like the fact that that's my first comic ever read, Jeff Loeb and Michael Turner, that kind of set my standards high for comic books yeah, for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeff Loeb then anything after your, that, yeah. he, right. Jeff Loeb did do Batman Hush, so pretty good. And Spider-Man Blue. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, he did, huh? If, uh, if, yeah, if I ever get the financial um, restraint uh, <laughs> under control of buying comic books and variant covers and Michael Turner stuff. You're a comic um, book YouTuber. That will never happen. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, look at, I, I, I spend my life savings on statues and comics. So, so basically, um, I don't want to make you jealous. I have to track down some original Michael Turner art. A hundred percent. It'll cost or, me a lot of money, but. But it'll be worth it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Worth it for the flex. Like, hey, I got a panel of Michael <laughs> yeah. Turner art. So from now rage, on, whenever I, would... I get anything Michael yeah. Turner, I'm going to immediately send to Max and go, guess what I got? Oh, man. See, that There's same a, shop uh, I got the Darth yeah. Maul cover from, I also got a sketch cover of Suicide Squad where it was a Michael Turner sketch of Joker, which is mm-hmm. oh. nice. Uh, you better be careful because uh, MVP might go over your house and steal it. He's <laughs> a Marine. No, I, I'm, in, I'm in an indisclosed location. <laughs> yeah, I would never, never think of such a thing. Um, but yeah, we there's all a, joke uh, around, uh, uh, about t- taking his statues. So those are pretty sweet yeah. statues. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, there's a a running joke on my live stream that all all the viewers want to come and find me and and uh, <laughs> take take these statues, um, which is like, hey, if they can carry them, because uh, Superman over here is probably about three or four feet tall, so if they can carry them out. <laughs> Be my guest, but um, the uh, yeah, the the Michael Turner that is like a lot of people when they think of of Supergirl, they think of that classic Michael Turner yes. art. Um, yes. He does her so well, and I think one of the variant covers that I still like probably have in my eBay cart somewhere, you know, um, is a variant cover that is of Supergirl, and I think it's a Virgin cover or something from Michael Turner, and it to this day is still just like one of my favorite depictions of. Supergirl and just that series like anytime I think of that series I just think of that cover um but yeah he's he's done some fantastic work um in a lot of different areas whether that's indie like top cow stuff or DC so um there was another series he did there's another series he did called was it Fathom yeah it it was basically where there was a girl that was basically Aquaman yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I still need to pick that up. I keep seeing it everywhere and I'm just like I one day, one day I need to find I'll get the trade off of Amazon, so. And then you'll send it to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to come out here and fight me. uh, I will be armed with my trident, so good luck, bro. Well, I got the Master Sword, so game on. Uh, (laughs) Good fight. (laughs) Lyle will bring his lightsabers. We'll all have an epic battle. Yeah, I'll just throw this at you. By the way, I saw that you were playing around with a battle ring. That is badass, bro. MVP will just like toss one of his statues and just take someone out in the head with it. He's charging with the Punisher like it's a battering ram. Yeah, that works. I'm always surprised at how heavy these things are, but they're, you know, the quality is unbeatable. So heavy or not, you know, but yeah, they look. Really I do really have awesome. that little guy Thank right you. there from Infinity War. Ooh, nice. Oh, Ooh. nice, dude. Okay. We got. Now we're I talking. See I see you. All right. All right. We got some. Okay, got I'll some bring stuff. my Excalibur now. That's what I'm bringing. Everyone has yeah. to flex the weapons now. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a for, it's a Force FX, so it's actually pretty fancy. Sick. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm one with the Force. The Force is with me. Oh, wrong character. Oh. 
Wrong character. I don't, but I, don't, okay. I don't care. I don't care. Hey, it's even better. <laughs> hey, there you go. That's, that's actually, actually well lit. Sick. That Dang. should be your new light. Yeah, that's your, actually yeah, really good. Show, yeah. So one more thing I want to met mention quick is i actually have this comic i picked up from a con like years ago it's called solar flare it's basically Hmm. what would happen if a solar flare hit the earth knocked out all the power and it turns into like lord of the flies like post-apocalyptic stuff like within 30 um, seconds of people losing power nice because you all know that's probably what would happen if people lost Mm -hmm. access to their starbucks i mean it might take a little bit longer but yeah probably (laughs) Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm because like in 2003 we had like the blackout of like the East Coast, and that lasted for at least like three days. And society managed to hold together for at least that long. So I, I got a little bit more hope for humanity. <laughs> All right, Nick, you're up. What you got? All right. So one of the things I was gonna say, you kind of stole, you son of a bee. So <laughs> that, that 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 one is gone. But I still something. use it. It's fine. It's over there. Like. I'm going to start off with this. Um, oh, I didn't know so, they did comics. I didn't know they did so, Zelda comics. Okay, so this one's actually kind of special for a multitude of reasons. So you remember how Nintendo Power used to have like comics and whatnot in their in their in their mm-hmm. magazines? Mm-hmm. So this this was in Nintendo Power. It was like a serialized recreation of A Link to the Past. Ooh, okay, nice. and this goes over like the full game of A Link to the Past in comic form. Now, that in, the, in itself is cool, but if you look at who did, who did the art, uh, if you're a Common Rider fan, you'll know exactly why I like it. Uh, oh. Rotoro Ishimori, the creator of Common Rider, who actually was a mangaka before. He was actually trained. Yeah. He was actually a student of the guy who did Astro Boy, you know, who was like Mr. Manga. So it was like he was trained by literally the best. And, and, you know, he, you know um, and this guy went and created, he's the guy who eventually created Common Rider and Super Sentai, what we know as Power Rangers. <laughs> and so, and then he did this uh, for Nintendo Power. And then, and like, I remember reading a Nintendo Power. And so this is really cool. That's now, cool. Now, yep. lad, I know you're talking about like, oh, something being old and not being valid. And this is why uh, I was getting on you because this is one of my picks. Oh, hey! Excellent. Why? How could you yeah. dug out the, 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 the black and white? Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, Dude, man. that's awesome. Team and team. Yes, the original black and white version, like big ass, oh, big hardcover. Yeah, and whatnot, that is, you know, awesome. You know what? The fact that the last Ronin has not been mentioned on the stream is sad. Actually, I don't read that book yet. I need to. I need to read that myself. I I forgot about it until just now. I was like, how dare me not remember that? How dare you? And, uh, so before I get into self-promotion, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention was a Valiant comic called Why the Last Man. Hey, um, I, I, re- I really love that book. Uh, it's a pity it's never really been adapted for television. Uh, it's kind of sad, but maybe one day we'll get an adaptation, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. If you don't yeah. see my eye twitching. Oh, uh, something in my eye i think um and maybe we can use some fx to get rid of it or whatever i don't know but but anyway so it's like i really like the series and for me it kind of feels like what would actually happen if a situation like that happened and i, and I like it how they don't they don't pull punches you know um one thing i like is you would you know like yeah obviously you know so so people who don't know why the last man is a story about 
a person named Yorick and his pet monkey, where basically one day all the men drop dead. Any person with a Y chromosome, Y the last man. And so basically the story is a journey of like, why is he the last man? What all about this? And he's trying to get to his girlfriend, Beth, who's in Australia. You know, and, and it kind of takes place over the course of five years. It's really good, really great characters. And like, I just, it, it just feels kind of like, oh yeah, that would happen. Like, sure. You know, so it's a, basically a society full of women and how does it kind of, what happens with that? And and so like you have like- That's yeah, a really drama filled society right there. I, I knew someone would make stereotypical jokes, but you know, like, <laughs> hey, they'd be very organized. They'd be very organized. Very organized. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it's and then uh, for my last two stuff, I thought I'd do a little uh, self promotion here. We're talking about indie comics. How about my own twenty one hundred samurai? Nice. Yep. Like if Explain you're a fan. Of... So turn samurai is a story of a guy named uh, Kiro, who gets transported from his home in feudal japan and gets transported to cyberpunk future 2100 it's like a very brutal tale it's uh you know not for not for uh not for kiddos you know I even so did you write and illustrate or did you just write or i'm the writer on this okay cool nice. yeah so this is the first issue i recently did an indiegogo for the second issue which is currently in print and i should have that back sometime next week i think and then um Issue three should be coming out next spring. I'm taking a little bit of deviation. I'm working on something new for October that I think a lot of you guys will like. Mm-hmm. Very Excellent, nice, man. That's cool. Awesome, nice. dude. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot to promote myself too. Um, Go ahead. But uh, oh. I got. I got these two. I'm actually working on a, a graphic novel right now. But I got these two that are already out. Uh, this is one my dad wrote years ago as a screenplay that I illustrated and adapted to a comic mm-hmm. series. Uh, I'm working like on issue cover. three. Thank you. I'm working on issue three of this series right now. I'm just doing the pencil work, but uh, this is volume two of this story. It's about this. Uh, it's like a. Um, so it starts off talking about this Native American in a Sioux tribe named Blue Raven, and Blue Raven's kind of a loose cannon. He wants power for himself, and so his tribe kind of gets sick of his crap and has him taken out. But mm-hmm. his mother is like this mystic. She's uh, a sorceress, basically. And so she conjures up a way to have his spirit reincarnated into the bloodline of the warrior that killed him every like two generations. And so the main character in this story, Adam, is a high school football player and he's the next person in line to basically deal with this issue in his bloodline. And so it's also fun because I'm a huge football fan and I get to draw some football scenes mm-hmm. in here. So very, very fun for me. Um, and then the and other he's one. good. It, there you go. Yeah, I got a lot of nice tackling action going on in that one um there's justice league just saying there you go <laughs> big inspiration and then this one's one my little brother wrote a long time ago Ooh. we created this character together back when i was like a teenager mm. um and this is like i hate to simplify it this much but it's like the idea of the green lantern core but with nature so right? like swamp things cool you know in a sense yeah so this kid named tristan wiles he's around <laughs> or he's a like a 13 year old kid around like barely after the time of the civil war in Louisiana. And he comes to find out that this organization called vine Lords that are basically these mystic uh, protectors of the world. And they defend mankind from basically the grim reaper. They just call him death, but he's the grim reaper who used to be a vine Lord, a protector of life. Mm-hmm. So you learn how that kind of came to be. And nice. yeah, all the art's done by me. Cause that's, that's my thing. I'm the art dude, but I am writing and illustrating a graphic novel, which should be done 
hopefully within the next year hopefully if i'm being mm -hmm. optimistic so anyway great i love self-promotion hell yeah so speaking of self-promotion i can i believe this is the first time i've talked about this on the show but I, your boy is also uh authoring a comic book nice ah oh, welcome to the club Yes, I figured you guys were throwing out your, your stuff. So I'm on the top row of the zoo. Oh heck yeah, heck yeah! Throw it, throw, throw it out there. So mine is about. And it's a project I've been working on for like ten years now. It's like uh, I, I first wrote it as a novel, but I'm now converting it into a graphic novel because it seems like more, more fun. Plus, that's what I'm really into right now. So basically, what it's about is this girl that's been adopted slash kidnapped into this sort of like shadowy like spy organization called department nine and basically what they do is they do a lot of the shadow behind the, the, the basically by any means necessary stuff they do the the by any means part in order to fulfill a mission objective and then she has to go on the run because she's ordered to kill someone but she just won't for some reason she she, she just won't do it then she leaves and figures where's the best place for me to go to hide i'll just join the army <laughs> and she joins and goes all the way up into the tier one commands and then she is she basically meets this navy seal who basically helps her sort of uh what's the word basically heal and learn how to be human again because she's mm. been she grew up in an environment where it's just kill 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 do, do anything you have to do to get to, to, to get that kill yeah so she was basically like john wick only less moral interesting I like that. Nice, and it, I like that. That's cool. So the concept is basically like that movie Salt with Angelina Jolie Ooh, or, or Red Sparrow. It's just kind of funny is that I, I, I've been working on this project for years and then I see all these movies come out and I'm like, man, there's already movies about this. I mean, that just tells you <laughs> like there's a market for the idea. That just tells you there's a market for your comics. So. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, you just so, have to swear the whole time during promotion, like, I swear I had this written beforehand. Trust me on this. <laughs> I have the Word document that proves I had it. But, there you go. So uh, right now I'm working on converting the novel into a into a, a script, and then I'm going to, to shop around and see if I can find an artist, and then we'll see uh, where we go from there. The, definitely well, hey, self -published. If You need help with art? I'm always yeah. Help I was out, about man. to say Dawson. You want you Hey, help you know what, Dawson? T we'll talk after this because that's actually a great idea. There you go. But speaking of artists, real quick, another yeah. self plug. Hate to be shameless like that, but with my books this August. I'll be selling my books at uh, Big Lick Comic Con in Roanoke, Virginia. So if you guys are near Roanoke, Virginia in August, come and stop by my table. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. if you're plugging cons and not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's plugging this stuff now. So if uh, any of you guys are in the southeastern uh, Michigan area, I'll be at the Great Lakes Comic Con Summer Show next, next month. You can look that up. And then uh, this fall, I'll be at Monroe Pop Fest. Uh, that, that's going to, that's a little bit of a bigger show. And, uh, I'll have uh, at least by Monroe Pop Fest. I'll have you know Turn Samurai's issues one and two for sale. Maybe at the, the July one, we'll see. But uh, but yeah, if you want to come there, tell me how awful I am. Feel free. <laughs> honestly, and I will be uh, at Florida SuperCon in just in July. Nice. Yeah, honestly, um, conventions like have have drastically changed from you know the '90s to early 2000s because I remember at artist alley and even um like you know they, they'd have like the more indie like indie indie creators in the back but i remember going down aisles and aisles and rows and rows 
of people that were building their comic book, creating their comic book. And they were like selling it to you right then and there on the floor. You know, they were going, Hey man, are you into Wolverine? You're going to love my hero. And you got to listen to these creators, like express to you their love for their creation. And you could say, you know what, actually it's not for me, but Hey brother, you know, keep, uh, I won't, you know, keep doing your thing. I'm going to go over here. And you, you would shop around and you'd listen to all these like, brilliant ideas from all these different creators now it's just it it seems to be much more infiltrated by the big you know uh you know oh what's what's the next thing in the mcu but i kind of really enjoyed that small feel of um you know these brand new creators just really kind of selling their their product to you so i'm glad that you guys are doing those cons because i've actually bought more comics from those like independent booths than i have at the big booths that have you know like um the the next you know their their markup of a five dollar book for fifty dollars and i'm like nah, yeah i think i'll pass um and plus the lines are shorter at the small creators yeah true and you get to like talk to the people there you know what i mean like you yeah. get to talk yeah. to the dude and go like okay what was your what were you thinking when you made this and you get to really kind of uh get into their mind a little bit so yeah and it's um, like if yeah, you talk to them for, for, for like 20 minutes they're not like can you please leave they're like no i'm happy to talk to you yeah yeah exactly it sounds super fun yeah and there's energy to that sure. whenever like there's new creators like they're they're fresh to and they're really excited and like mm-hmm. you know they're on that creative high whereas you go to the other ones they've been doing it for like 20 30 years so like yeah yeah it's cool you know i'm just you know doing it for the money whatever they, they're not all like that i'm very much over generalizing but you know what i mean mm-hmm I, uh, I I think there's a um, there's a film uh, by Kevin Smith, uh, Mallrats. I don't know if you guys have seen that. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, there's yep. a, I think there's a scene where the two dudes are like in the comic convention. They have their booth, and they they have that joke about, oh, what do you do? And he goes, well, I'm the anchor. And he goes, oh, so you just trace all this stuff. And I was like, oh, <laughs> poor anchors, you know, like every these, these anchor everywhere is getting ticked off at the thought of that. <laughs> This is why but, it's nice uh, to be your own anchor because you just trace yourself. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Yeah. And you get more money that way per page, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, so that that scene, you know, where they're kind of, they're having their indie comic being portrayed or whatever, uh, reminded me of those those older cons back in the day where you'd have like, like I said, just aisles of, of these dudes. But uh, yeah, man, it's, you know, cons are, are definitely different, but they're still a lot of fun. I mean, still I'm going to- yeah, I'm going to Dallas next week, and I'm super excited. I've already got my stack of comics I want signed by all the creators and everything. Oh, so. that's awesome. Are you out in Texas? I used to be. So now I'm in California, oh. unfortunately, but uh, I was in Texas <laughs> for a while. You, and, you, uh, you you did the opposite thing. You did the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't Texas I, my I, California. <laughs> exactly. You're, Calif- you're, you're, texting, you're texting the California. Yeah, because hey. I, I actually grew up in Texas, and then I lived in oh, L.A. Nice. for a couple of years, too. So then I'm now I'm back east. How, how okay. funny was it, you know, you rolled back into Texas, the L.A. license plates. Everyone's giving you a stink eye and be like, I grew up here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it's back so... in, and they woke me back with open arms. They're like, did you miss us? And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, thank you so much for letting me come back in. I They're miss like, freedom. <laughs> always welcome. Like, hey, guys, welcome happens. to Texas. Here's your AR-15. <laughs> like, you come back into texas like gas is half the prices in california here this is beautiful <laughs> oh, yeah. so i remember note, uh, i'm sorry go ahead max oh it's it's goofy but i i remember going to texas initially uh for college 
and I got there as a Cali boy, a surfer dude, and I was like, I'm never buying cowboy boots. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I left. I left Texas, you know, after my college career, I left with three pairs of cowboy boots. So it's pretty. Oh, it's no. uh, eventually it breaks you down. It, grow, it grows on you. You love. Yeah. You love it. So it, it's, it's like. like um, it's, yeah. It's like a couple of years ago, I went back to the the town I grew up in in Texas, and I hadn't been back there in a long time. And I walk into the old church that I used to go to, and I I hear this lady uh, that I grew up knowing talking about like the right to bear arms in your church building, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm home. I am home. I know that. If, if, if the pastor yeah. isn't strapped while he's delivering his sermon, you aren't in Texas. No, he's got an AR just <laughs> hanging on, on, on his chest in front of it's his. Not that crazy, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So on that note, before I end this episode, there's there's a question I want to ask Max and, uh, and, and and Dawson. Since you guys weren't on the live stream, I think last week that I did with Nick about our favorite art, writers and artists, and actually, Laddie, you can contribute to this too. So, favorite writers and artists from comic books. It can be uh, it can be indie, it can be mainstream. It do, doesn't matter. Whoever wants to go first may go first. Uh, I guess I can go. I can go. Yeah. Um, I already mentioned a couple before. Scott Snyder. I love that guy as a writer. Frank Miller. Um, I actually really liking uh, Chip Zartsky. I love his stuff. Oh, that's beautiful. That is signed by Kevin Eastman. Oh, Oh, how dare you? Lucky dog. (laughs) Um, Obviously, Jeff Loeb, Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, the legends, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then it comes to artists. When it comes to artists, Greg Capullo, I have a hot take for a lot of people. John Romita Jr. is arguably one of my favorites. I love him so much. I'm so yeah, happy. He doesn't, get the, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. He, he does Exactly. But it depends on the book because some of the art in like Superman Year One looks kind of odd, lot like when he's mm-hmm. drawing children. But a lot of times, like when he's drawing Spider-Man, I'm like, yes. I love his mm-hmm. Superman Year One art personally. His work I, with uh, Mark Millar is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just Greg Capullo, just in, uh, not sorry, John Romita Jr. in general is just absolutely amazing in my He's opinion. His Daredevil, is, his Daredevil is the best Daredevil in my opinion. Um, I also absolutely, um, I'm trying to think, uh, Jorge Jimenez is a modern one that I'm really liking right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Jason Fabic, um, Gary <laughs> Yo, Frank. Oh, my gosh. Jason Gary... Fabic's, um, uh, uh, what was it, Three Jokers? that he was on yes oh my lord yeah his cover that art for that is phenomenal i have yes. the Unreal. single issue variants where it's all the jokers and then ba- ba- and then mm-hmm. the, the, the three bad characters in that nice. so good so good it's sorry I fantastic you off, <laughs> you're totally good i mean anytime i can learn about jason fabic is is great <laughs> um and then frank miller of course as an artist as well a lot of people especially today will will you know kind of heckle frank miller's art a little bit but it's just like you know what in my opinion if you're an artist and your art is distinct and people can know exactly whose it is when they see it in my opinion that's when you have something special going on because you mm-hmm. stand out from the crowd you do something different oh the nice. fabric art oh, the paneling like so you know dave dave gibbons another mm-hmm. one um I'm trying oh to dave gibbons he's another one with a distinctive style oh yeah exactly you know dave um, gibbons art when you're looking at it Jim Lee, I can't not mention Jim Lee. Yeah, you got to um, mention the king. Yeah, so just to name a few. Oh, Andy Kubert. Andy Kubert's another one that I love. Nice. He literally, he literally started the school of art, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which I've actually considered looking into a couple times, but I'm just like, money. <laughs> Do it. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. I would love to. I just have to convince the wife first. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, those can are I ones can I do there. a correspondence course, please? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'm Max. Yeah. You're, you, you're up. Um, I will say so. Right now, for me, uh, I think I've just been, and um, I, I wish I could mention more because I, I brought my list for indie comics, but mm -hmm. I really have to think about it and look through like some of my favorite runs that I've really, really enjoyed um, over the years. Um, but I, what I'll do is I'll, I'll kind of go by creator or creative teams. Yeah, um, that works. Understandable. But um, Silver Surfer. When he was when he was being done by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, is some of the most heartbreaking and beautiful storytelling. Um, you get that Kirby crackle. Um, you get the storytelling of Stan. Um, it, it's just it's, it's something that uh, to me was such a great run uh, because Stan and Jack both held Silver Surfer to this high regard, and so they were like. I don't want anyone touching him except for us, you know, which I think is kind of beautiful for the character. So I really love that, that team. And of course they're the, the OG, you know, like creators of this whole, this whole thing that we love um, and both uh, prior military. So kind of cool, um, you know, good dudes outside of comics and inside of comics. Um, so I, I love that team. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson is a one man band. Oh, yes. Like, oh. His, his one with like, Dead Earth, Drop a Power Dead bomb, Earth, bro. Bill. That's like the yeah. one Wonder Woman story that Wonder Woman fans can look to and see. See, he can have good stories. <laughs> I always say about that story is that oftentimes she wields the lasso of truth, but in that book, she holds <laughs> the lasso of truth, justice in the American way via Superman's freaking spine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, so wild, she kills man. Superman in the storyline of like a flashback because she, she gets like angry. So she needs like some type of weapon. So she takes Superman's like, he's a skeleton at this point. He's dead. Line, right. So there's no, no like really intense score. So she takes his, his uh, fit thing, his skeleton predator style, spine, pretty much predator yeah. style and strings it onto the lasso of truth. So she has a mace that's Superman's <laughs> skull. Man, and then Murder Falcon intense. also like I'm so <laughs> glad you mentioned Daniel Warren Johnson. I nerd out over him all the time. Yeah, and I I had the uh, the pleasure of meeting him out here in Los Angeles, and um, I th there are very few people that you meet uh, that have some sort of like a celebrity status where you meet someone for the first time and you instantly <laughs> feel like calm or you instantly feel genuine authenticity. There are very few people that can do that. And it takes a, a very good person to do that for you whenever you're speaking with them or interacting with them or even just crossing them, you know, on the street. Daniel Warren Johnson was that epitomized. Like he was that, he was calm, he was quiet. He was so thankful and grateful um, and just couldn't be more of a more genuine guy, um, which is funny because his stories are, metal and brutal and like fun and they're so action-packed everything has movement there's not one panel of his that never has movement you know so um and he writes and his stories are very simple but they tell a great message at the end of it um it, it's never beating you over the head it's always a beautiful story of maybe you know sacrifice or courage or you know humility like just natural good human behavior right so uh dwj is like he's he i'm obsessed right now um and then the last team i'd probably say would be uh mark silvestri and larry hama 
on their Wolverine run back in the 80s and 90s, uh, for me was just like, that was what I was introduced to as a kid for Wolverine. So those two telling that story of this broken soul who's dealing with the man and the animal and the weapon, um, it's just, it's gut-wrenching, but it's also brutal and it's fun. It's gnarly. So uh, Larry Hama and Mark Silvestri, um, to me, you guys were talking about um, Jim Lee earlier and, and Ethan Van Skyver. I think Mark Silvestri is on Jim Lee level detail, oh, artwork, yeah. landscape, anything. Oh, Mark um, Silvestri is another favorite of mine. I, I mean, I, I mentioned Witchblade mm-hmm. earlier. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that'd probably be the th- off the top of my head. I'd probably say those uh, well, you, Stanley, you Jack Kirby. DWJ and then Larry Hama. Marks. I actually just um you mm-hmm. you mentioned Stanley. I actually just finished reading through again the uh, trade paperback for Spider Man No More. It's always funny to read those old stories, especially mm-hmm. like oh, yes. it is comics. How Stanley kind of has to explain the transitions between different types of storylines. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. this is kind of happening. And the nicknames that he gave for himself and John Romita, like oh, Smiling so Stanley and Jazzy Johnny Romita. It's like <laughs> wow, that, that was a different time, and I love it. There's a lot got, of camp. Uh, in those comics you know it's very campy yes where like That's how lads, they're lad's aisle <laughs> it's very uh you know like even when they like with spidey spidey would be like whoa gee willikers i can't believe that just happened. <laughs> so, like, it's just so campy and it's like that's what's good um about yeah. it is it has that like heart to it um but yeah sorry i, I cut you off jared go ahead no it's good it's gonna I, I, i'm just like go ahead um uh nick I got one I got to add, and and uh, right. lad, I apologize if I steal this from you, but oh yeah, of course. Oh, oh yeah, Alex Ross, God tier, God yes. level. Oh, you don't get God. more detailed than Alex Ross. You don't get more lifelike than Alex Ross. He's a Norman it's, Rockwell of yeah. comics, people. Oh my God, it's yes, perfect. Yeah. All right, so lad. What about you? I know you you're a huge fan of Dan Slott's Spider-Man run. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was gonna mention. Dan so, Slott? I know before everyone crucifies me over here, okay guys? Don't wait, wait, we do that all I'm, the time I'm, on the show. I'm let me speak. Let me speak right everyone, now. Okay? You give me, start talking. Give me give me a moment, everyone. Okay. So, <laughs> like I said, I'm not super familiar with like you know, all the different comic books. I just read characters I'm interested in, and I haven't really put as much focus on the writers, but the care at at this time that I got into comic books in Spider-Man is when Dan Slott was writing it, and I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed <laughs> what he put out. So the Excuse superior Spider-Man storyline, I think, Spider like Island, the coolest storylines of all time. That was super awesome. That is like I, I love seeing it adapted in some of the TV shows, but like that is such a cool concept. Just. Peter Every Parker just getting just defeated by Spider-Man, <laughs> uh, by Doc Ock, and him just seeing if he can be the better Peter Parker and just seeing, you know, what happens is, with that. That's really awesome. With that dope Spider-Man Ends too. of the Earth storyline. I, I There's some really cool ones. There, there's always some really controversial ones with Dan Slott, but I really Everything Dan Slott does run. is controversial. <laughs> <laughs> and not this nearly as controversial as Joe Quesada. A show of hands, mm-hmm. who here is blocked by Dan Slott on Twitter? How did that happen? Really? <laughs> How did do that? 
Uh, I never even interact with them. Probably some sort of block bot or something. You know why? You follow the wrong people. That's what it is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I have, I'm guilty of wrong things. Wait, this way. I mentioned... follow EVS, so I guarantee you I'm blocked. <laughs> you know, you yeah. mentioned Spider-Man. One person I can definitely recommend, or at least his work with Spider-Man, is in this run, Marvel Adventures Spider-Man. Sherberger is easily one of my favorite Spider-Man artists out there, besides John Romita and John Romita Jr. And, of course, yeah. uh, um, freak Todd McFarlane. Sherberger mm. was like my childhood of Spider-Man. Marvel Adventures oh. Spider-Man is just so good. It's 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 fun. It's kind of more like towards kids, but it's like it's Spidey to me. Whenever That's I think awesome. of Spider-Man, I always think of this run. Who did the art for Ultimate Spider-Man? Like the early Bendis Bagley. Stuff? Oh yeah, Bagley. When it like when it comes to like what I think of like Spider-Man in my youth. It's yeah. the Ultimate Spider-Man. That's that's like I, I'm a big Ultimate Ultimate Comics fan. Like at least the early stuff. Yeah. Now, lad, and, lad, I, I, I'm just like, go oh, ahead, Max. I, I was just gonna say, lad, uh, don't uh, you know? Like, uh, people are gonna give you a hard time about Dan Slot. Absolutely, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. However, mm-hmm. I will say, in defense of you, though, I uh, there was a moment in time where I wasn't collecting comic books for a while, like a long time. I put my money into Warhammer and I never looked back. And then I went, oh, okay, maybe I should go back to comics again. And when I did, sure enough, the new 52 came out and I was reading yes. new 52 stuff and I was going, whoa, Superman and Wonder Woman. This is pretty cool. And then, all my, and then all my friends started looking at me and they were like, are you that's the worst storyline I've ever read. And I was like, we need, we need really? to call Jared an ambulance because he's having uh, a spasm. He has yeah. your mention yeah. storyline. <laughs> so I betrayed. That's awesome. That's so awesome, even man. though I was away from comics and I came back and I read a storyline and I was like, Hey, I like it. Why, why, why the hell not? People were up my, up my butt about it saying, you know, you're, you've never read comics before. You don't understand the dynamic. And I'm going, well, listen, I've been out of the game for a while. I'm just getting back into it. And this was a cool story. Sue me. Yeah. I so, mean, honestly, when it came to the New 52, I really dug Red Hood and the Outlaws. I thought that was actually oh, okay. really interesting. It was a really cool idea to bring those three together because, like, it's mm. kind of like an odd couple situation where, like, you know, Red Hood is Red Hood, you know, Arsenal and Starfire. Like, there are two or three people who are kind of on the same tier, but, like, they don't really interact mm-hmm. much. And they're so different personalities like hey let's put these crazy kooky people together with such wild different personalities and a lot of shenanigans and hue and but like with more blood and guts mind you and i just <laughs> i really i really i really like that story plus honestly i really like that kind of phase of arsenal's career because like easy or the recovering superhero i think that's a really kind of mm-hmm. thing they really don't explore too much about arsenal the fact like he's a you know a recovering addict while it's doing superhero stuff i feel like it's kind of underutilized and i'll echo max's sentiment about the new 52 like again there'll be people who will go after anyone's comic opinions about honestly anything because there's just such a wide spectrum of people's opinions in comics but same thing with the new 52 i'm one of the few people out there that i know that absolutely loves most of what they did with superman the new 52 (laughs) yes oh i very very rarely encounter a lot of the people who love the story superman unchained as much as i do I freaking oh, love yes. that story. How have we never talked that about that? Seriously. So, like, as as far as like what Max is saying, you know, don't let people deter you from what you like because it's what you like. There you go. I went on However, Max's stream and did oh. say that the new 52 Superman is the best version of Superman. Oh my oh, god! I said that? that just you might you might as well. I said that. Just, yeah. Like, oh, oh, oh you said. Yeah, Max is like, I didn't say and, that. Like painting the red <laughs> <target on laughs> 
Um, as intended. I got blasted I, in the chat for that one. <laughs> I, I think even more, you know, uh, Superman Unchained, um, you know, great Jim Lee artwork or whatnot. But I think more people had the issue with the action comics, Grant Morrison, Superman yeah. and just jeans and a t-shirt. I, I think that. a lot of people are not into That's that. That's the easiest but, cosplay um, to do. Yeah. Well, I, I, no, I, Superboy I, is. Superboy is. All you just do is get the t-shirt, maybe slick your hair back. Oh, yeah. Not, not Superboy. that Superboy. And not the Bendis Superboy who went right back to the 90s version with the jean jacket that looks horrible. <laughs> I, basically, what I would do if I could, if I were in charge of reboots is reboot it so Bendis has never touched anything DC. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I'm just going to write in the Book of Fate that Brian Michael Bendis, well, Brian Michael Bendis never existed, so bam, that's my right. Oh, no, 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 no. His Marvel stuff is good. Just get rid of his DC stuff. I'm, I'm going to, okay, fine. I'm going to strike that for the record and be like, after, <laughs> Bendis, after Bendis left Marvel, he struck out and did independent comics. He never went to DC. Yeah. Now, lad, there we go. let me ask you this, lad. Of the stories that we've covered on the channel, though, which, like, team have you enjoyed the most and if you and, and if you're unsure on who did which storyline you, you can just tell me the storyline i'll tell you the team right yeah the boy we covered we've covered quite a few really really interesting uh storylines uh i mean superman and Wonder Woman storyline that that was really cool I, I, did Tony really, Daniel. I i did really enjoy that one there was also, I believe we covered, uh, do we cover Dark Side War? That was really Yeah, we good. did. Really yeah, Bob, Jeff Johns and Faybot, baby. Yeah, that was really good. I really enjoyed uh, covering that. That was so cool to check it out. I, uh, I will say, and, uh, you know, just to kind of finish uh, what you were saying earlier about, you know, getting hate or whatever, I... Um, I went on to, I don't know if you guys ever go to like League of Comic Geeks or whatnot. Um, For those watching, uh, it's a great source to just kind of see what comics are coming out this week, next week. Sometimes they'll have it two months in advance and you can see, oh, these comics are coming out. But you can also write reviews on there. I wrote a review on the Punisher, the the most recent Punisher book, because it was awful, in my opinion. I did not like it. I didn't think it. And they changed up the logo know, too. What was with that? So like, horrible. They, yeah, they, and you know what? The the logo wasn't actually my my biggest gripe in the comic. Like the logo is the last thing on my list of things that I would right. say, you know, upset me. Um, but how they changed his backstory and, and oh, yeah. who the character was at his core. So I wrote my review and I got ratioed hard. Oh, like man. everyone was like, well Uh, you don't know who punisher is like you've never read a punisher comic book in your life blah blah and i was like punisher is literally a prior marine corps captain like of course i read punisher yeah i'm like um, what so lad even with hot takes like you know uh uh, dan slot or with basically like simple takes like hey or adam west batman or (laughs) a take like hey i didn't like this punisher story People yeah. are going to hammer you into submission sometimes. And let's not forget, as as like, Dawson and I are Zack Snyder fans, so we're used to this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Of course. Oh, yeah. I will say, Nick, it, he came to our defense well. on Twitter, so I appreciate that very much, Nick. Oh, nice. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you saved me I, when I was slamming both of them on Twitter under my fake handle. <laughs> <laughs> He's behind on the body counts. counts. Uh, nice, yep, yep. Wait, 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 wait. Did I miss something here? No, it's like... I have a story uh, that I don't think I've told uh, most of the people on this panel. I think I told Lad. So I was in a Discord group 
that I went in. It's for like a comic book YouTube channel. I'm not going to name names or anything like that. Although I did tweet about it. But but um, so I put out a video that said DC needs a reboot. It's just to like clean up the continuity and all that stuff. DH John Ken's and all that stuff because we loved him as a kid and the Super Sons and all that stuff. And I'm not a fan of... T- I'm not a fan of Tom Taylor when he's writing in continuity storylines. When he's writing out of continuity storylines like Injustice, Deceased, have at it. That's Dark Knights of Steel. So there you go. So that's what I'm going to say. So I shared it to this group and I got wrecked. First, it was just about none of them watched the video. They just went off of what the thumbnail said. But so... One of the th- so they started off by debating if DC really needs a reboot, starting with the comic stuff. And then someone says, "Oh, if they do a reboot, that'll get rid of all the LGBTQ characters." And I'm like, "In the video, I say you can keep those characters." And they're like, "I'm not going to watch the video." And I'm like, "Well, okay." And then I got blasted for saying that these characters don't sell because that's actually demonstrable. And then we got into a debate on like DC sales because if you see like. Um, where Superman ranks in like the top 50 comics, 58. Mm. I'm like, uh, I'm like, and they were trying to convince me, oh, that's a good thing. And I'm like, Superman? <laughs> Superman. Yeah. That's a good thing. No. Yeah. So <laughs> the... We're all used to getting, ha- by the way, you, you have not lived on YouTube unless you're getting hate yeah. from someone. So I took it as a badge of honor. Try, oh, try floating around, floating around Twitter, and you see these people with this demonstrative bad takes, and you're like, "Don't engage, don't engage," because you know that at the minute you do a comment, you'll get into this huge, big flame war where nobody wins and everyone looks bad, and it's just bad all around. So I'm just like, and I even even when it's like, "Don't engage, don't engage," sometimes I just can't freaking help myself, and it's like, <laughs> I regret it. It's like, and then it needlessly ruins the rest of your day. Yeah, it's like Dawson. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen those tweets that, that like show that the Zack Snyder's Justice League and people are like, what a terrible Justice League lineup. And I'm like, these are the same people that attack Zack Snyder for not reading the comics. I just I just have to uh, scroll and just like breathe. But I'm like, wait a Go second. On. They'll tell me that the, 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 the Ju- Justice League stuff and the non-Snyderverse stuff, oh, this is a fantastic lineup. And I'm like, or, or the, the new um, Dark Crisis Justice League that came up and I'm like, even I love that. So in this, uh, so in Dark Crisis right now, they just introduced the replacement Justice League because the yeah. Justice League died, and we all know they're coming back. Surprising no one. But give it, I give it a year. I mean, they, so, couldn't, they couldn't even kill off Wolverine. Like, I know Wolverine Superman John Kent go. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna call him Superboy because I refuse to call him Superman. But John Kent goes to Black Adam to ask him to join the league, and Black Adam blasts him. He's like, first off, why do you need two blue beetles? It's a horrible idea. They just and he goes and goes. You realize you have to recruit a Batman, right? He goes to Jace Fox Batman, and Batman's like, "No, the last Batman that was on a league uh, died." He goes to he goes to Yara Floor, and Yara Floor just laughs at him. And I'm I'm loving this. Yeah, it's that's pretty like, accurate. Um, that's kind of like uh, they did so recently with Marvel's X Men. They just don't know what to do with them anymore. At this they point, make Jesus Christ, a mutant. Uh, they, I, yeah, they, they yes, they did, he, Dawson. That's correct. I think go, the problem the with, with like, mutant. I, I, I want off this with, planet. Yeah. <laughs> like X Men uh, and Marvel is because they've been de-emphasizing them for like the past fifteen years. You know, yeah. it's like so you had a whole generation of people that didn't grow up with X Men in the comics. They tried to replace mm. it with the humans. That didn't work. And no. now that now that X Men is back at Marvel, they're like, 
oh crap, we got to bring back the X Men to get people familiar with them <laughs> again. Here's the and, funny and they don't part. know what they do. Except here's the honestly, part. when it they comes to X Men. When, when it comes to X-Men, just collect 80s and 90s X-Men comics. That's the best thing to do for yourself. But you don't have to do that because you had – remember, Jonathan Hickman had a plan, and and Marvel, surprising no one, sabotaged that plan because you saw that that um, House of X, Powers of Ten sold gangbusters that got people back into X-Men. And then – That's the problem. We can't have something that's good. It's got to be mediocre. Yeah, according to, to Hickman, he was like – at that point, they said, now we're done with your plan. It, you know, for, for what it was, it did do very well. I think that, um, you know, that with that series, I think it only works within a certain amount of issues and then going back to, you know, whatever. But this sentient place that like X-Men have secluded themselves to that is like also a mutant and that the X-Men are like, puny humans you know what i mean like we will live in our sanctuary is very like and we will be superior to you for, like that's not x-men right so it you know it, it works maybe for a little while and maybe jo- jonathan hickman like you said jared had had a larger plan but now the the characters of the x-men are you can't relate to them at all like the reason why mm. the x-men were so great was because as a kid you're an outsider. You're a nerd. You don't. You're othered in, in any way. That's why I say yeah. the X Men are the gold standard of addressing social justice or like racial equality or any and of those issues. The great thing about comics. the X Men is there was always a member you could get attached to because they they mm. were really good at having a wide spectrum of like characters, character types, ethnicities, genders. Thank ages. you, Chris Claremont. That's another writer we never mentioned, Chris Claremont. <laughs> So with that uh, being said, like, yeah, what, what Chris Claremont was doing, everyone could relate to some aspect of feeling outs as an outsider, being an outsider, mm-hmm. and yet the X-Men and humans trying to work together to figure out how do we best, how do we make ourselves stronger? How do we co- co-inhabit ourselves? <laughs> and so you could relate to that, and you saw the authenticity and the humanity in both the, the mutants and the humans. But now it's so far removed that I'm like, okay, I can't relate to any one of these characters. It, it makes no sense. No one's buying the X-Men. Um, so unfortunately, I completely forget where I was going with that uh, specific uh, mention <laughs> of why we were bringing up X-Men. Yes, no, but, I, uh, you, were, you were talking about how they don't know what to do with the X-Men in the current day. Correct. It's yeah. Like, and, it's like how Warner Brothers has no idea what to do with the DC movies. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned the whole like the fact that with the X Men you can relate to them, and it kind of brought the idea of how to coexist with one another despite differences. That's I feel like Marvel's missing on something massive because that's a type of story that's desperately needed right now, yeah. especially with like you know, the, the political part, economic climate. Like it. That's something you need, and the fact that you're not providing that it's product. like they're more concerned with like X Men being X Men equals LGBT gayness. That's all that's all it ever means. That's all it has ever meant. You know, like sure, you can he, even with that, that, hang on. Even with that, <laughs> the problem with what they did with the X Men is that Hickman planned to get them off the island at the end of the storyline and put them back yeah. in mankind. They're okay. not doing that, and my problem Correct. with uh, the, the reason why I was critical of the new X-Men is that I'm like, okay, I get for like a storyline or two, it is really cool that they established their own mutination and everything. But the fundamental um, like appeal of the X-Men, and we've all met, mentioned this right now, is that they're design- they have to find a way to coexist with a world that hates them. They have to save a world that hates them. But 
nowadays they're like oh puny humans exactly mm-hmm. i think yeah. um oh I, I was gonna i was just gonna say jared i i remember what i was gonna say because you were talking about black adam and yeah. the justice league and um you were saying how black adam is saying like this isn't going to work for you guys. Sorry. It's just not, you know, and he's telling them like, you know, all this, all this different stuff in the new dark crisis. They made a saber tooth, like one shot, like issue one saber tooth mm-hmm. thing. What if saber tooth got out of his imprisonment and started killing these mightier than now X-Men. That's so much and better than what they're doing now. Make that canon. Was, I, I hate to say this, <laughs> but it was like, Oh my God, please do this as main continuity because it was so, Throw it, into it was saber. <laughs> It, yeah, it was Sabretooth like literally ripping Cyclops' head and spine from his body and just like, like, like Sabretooth just being a beast. Um, <sighs> but it's, you know, I would never want to see my my beautiful X-Men have that done to them. Of course not. I'm not a sicko. Yeah. But in this continuity, while we're seeing these X-Men be terrible people to human beings. And X-Men to, green. Yeah, and to humanity itself. Um I, people were kind of rooting for Sabretooth the same way that they're kind of rooting for Black Adam in this new Dark Dark Crisis series. So. I, I know. But to, to tell uh, Aladdin Dawson about the, the, the them turning Jesus Christ into mutants, so the, the whole thing about this iteration of the X-Men is that they can bring themselves back to life, taking away any, like, stakes. But anyway... So, so like the Siege Perilous machine. Yeah, exactly. So Hope Summers is on this group that, that helps to, like, regenerate the X-Men. So one of the, the X-Men people uh, is like a religious fanatic. And then he mentions, oh yeah, the Nazarene mutant spawned a religion among the humans for like resurrecting mm-hmm. one or two people. You just beat that. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm reading this and I'm like, this is why I made the vow that I really, uh, this is why I stopped re- uh, collecting Dawn of X trades. I'm like, okay, this is... <laughs> How have I not heard about this? How have I not heard about this? <laughs> I mean, like, it's really weird. I mean, let's 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 just kind of put this into context. From what I, from what I understand, there's literally a mutant in the X Men universe that poops rainbow colored ice cream. What? <laughs> Fair. Even I didn't know about that one. That's wild. Um, that's Isn't a deep thing. Ice cream. Like I may be wrong, and maybe so, I read it on Twitter, so I'm not saying like, oh, Twitter's right. Oh, but, like, there's an X Men who has the ability to blow up, but he can only do it once. Humans have that ability because suicide <laughs> spontaneously explodes. Oh, is it like a spontaneously combusting? Yeah, I think there's one. There's one who's. Uh, Hold on, how one. do you learn you have that power if you can only do it <laughs> once? No, Beast told them w- oh, what the power question. was, and he goes, "You can only use it one time." It was in an um, alter- it, it was in an, an out of continuity storyline. Okay, imagine it not like imploding and like having this you know big destructive thing i wonder you know if it's just like him fizzling out and just maybe like psh, he turns and it, like it's not an actual <laughs> he like starts to make this big old sacrifice like i'm gonna blow him up and it's just like psh, exactly and, it, and he's guys, like dang I it i thought news. i was gonna do something cool yeah i have some really bad news what that mutant Mm-hmm. exists i just looked it oh, up oh yeah they, they, they did put the mutant is in... called soft serve the mutant is called soft they appear in way of x <laughs> number two from may of 2021 and um it says power soft serve can poop ice cream she has control control over the flavor she produced and you're pretty much all different flavors 
Uh, soft serve with a mutant. <laughs> Who throw comes up feet? with this? So oh, it gets better. Oh, it gets, be- it gets better. Sure. It gets better. It gets better. Soft oh, serve no. was a mute on Kuroka scene trying to give a fellow mutant oh. her ice cream while waiting to go to the Hellfire Gala. Sometime later, Forge tried the ice cream and said it was the best damn ice cream he'd ever had. Oh, no. Forge. No, Forge. No. Well, here's Don't the thing. This is coming from the creative team that has Gene, Scott, and Wolverine as a, as a thruple. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, and yeah. occasionally, apparently, Emma Frost joins in. So I'm like, oh my gosh, guys! Uh, Can someone? Just I, I kill think me now, I think please? we've, I think we have uh, established that uh, X Men is in a very sad place right this now. This is why. Uh, <laughs> like this way. I enjoy the older X Men stuff before Krakoa, like when they were on an island in California. My favorite story is Second Coming. Yeah. So, but, but I'm like. And I, this is getting back to my, my problem with modern comics is that the talent's not there. Remember, we named right. off like tons of creatives and creative teams from like the old, the olden times, even like ten years ago, that were well, Ethan Van Skyver, Jeff Johns, uh, John Romita Jr. These guys that used to be like the names of comics, and now they're just, they're still doing the comics, but it's not like an emphasis on skill; it's just quantity. I guess I shouldn't mention the uh, Joss Whedon X Men run then. No, I, I, I have uh, a yeah. It's very Joss Whedon. <laughs> if it has his name on it, I was like, you know what? I probably shouldn't mention it. But just to, <laughs> just to say, it, <laughs> yeah, just to screw it. Instant yeah. nausea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say this: he did do one thing right. He put Cyclops with Emma Frost. That I think is hmm. actually a good idea. Hmm. Uh, see, see, here's the thing. I'm not kitty. I, I, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, it's just not kitty. Not kitty pride. Because I think that's normally who. Uh... No, kit, kit, well, kitty. 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 The, the Colossus. Yeah, that's a, that's the yeah. common ship. Yeah, but my point is that uh, my problem with Jean Grey is that she dies all the time. So. <laughs> mm. Oh, so one of my always so dramatic. Lines, <laughs> I I remember mm. reading this like uh, Civil War tie-in comic, and Wolver- one of my favorite lines Wolverine said. Jean Grey would be rolling in her grave if she heard this. That is, if she stayed in it for more than 10 minutes. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh my, God. my, my favorite like, line from Civil War, it's actually in the main storyline. Tony goes to the X-Men to see if he can recruit them or get them to stay neutral in the conflict. And, and he goes, think of all the children that were killed in Sanford. And Emma Frost is like, wait a second. You didn't say anything when the mutants were wiped out on uh, uh, one, two, three, four times. That's why I love is when the, is when the X-Men go to the Avengers and go, when did you guys ever give it a crap about us? <laughs> they did that in the 80s yeah. too. You know, like the mutant massacre during the 80s. Was it the 80s or the 90s? Yeah, and House of M, no more mutants. I was convinced. Well, that was that was a mutant on mutant crime. They don't care about it. Well, when it's, yeah, that's true. You know, just like black on black crime, it doesn't exist. Yeah, I was convinced that that in Multiverse of Madness, they were going to do a reverse of that, and Wanda would bring in the mutants who just snap her finger. And I really go, hoping they wouldn't. I was really hoping they wouldn't because that would be so freaking cringy. Ugh. Although when Professor X shows up and they start going the na 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 na, I was like, oh yes. This yeah. is good. And they brought him out in his in his classic in his chair. But but then they had to do the, the, the trope of Professor X is too powerful. We gotta get him out of the store or else you solve all the problems. We have to kill him. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of the problem we have someone on that power level, Professor X. 
you gotta like if you if you watch because thing is if you watch a lot of the x-men movies like the early ones like for example x2 they, they take him out of the story because he could solve all the problems so easily yeah so on that note i think that's a good place to like leave it there thanks to this fantastic panel so i, I want to go around real quick and uh, ask you guys what you guys have going on your channels dawson i seen multiple times the justice league animation that you guys made for for the snyderverse cool. i believe it's called project justice that thing is amazing which you want to oh, explain a, a little bit of what that is yeah so um our my good friend one of my panelists in the foreign nerds uh andre from the nicotina show he uh directed this effort to bring the storyboards that were released about the whole snyderverse justice league storyline that came out around the time of the snyder cut to life via I guess a motion comic and my good friend Ryan from Zeverfet, also my co-panelist did the art for it. Uh, we got the help from Vega productions in the animations of it, as well as uh, ill life for composing the music. And so it's a combination of showing some of the storyboards as well as some moving images um, basically again, just like a moving comic book, which has been really cool and very well received. And we've been able to raise over close to $2,000 for the American foundation for suicide prevention through this effort, which nice. has been really fantastic. And speaking of which, part two of Project Justice League is coming out in August. Uh, so we have that to look forward to on the yes. channel. And that's been very cool to see that develop. Uh, I unfortunately have been very hands-off with that because when they started it, I was with a job that didn't offer me a lot of time to do anything, really. I'm no longer there, thank goodness. Um, yeah, so that's been very exciting. We also have some potential interviews in the works for the Four Nerds Network, specifically on the DJW show. Um, some comic creators, um, those who are maybe bigger, some smaller time. And uh, yeah, we also have the Four Nerds every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Although I personally won't be there the next couple weeks because I'll be on vacation in Texas. So there we go. Ooh. Now that's a vacation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Texas, nice. I'm man. going to SeaWorld. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hey, well, congrats on the... Oh no! I was just gonna say congrats on the uh, you know the I think you said, the money raised for oh, that yeah. foundation, man. That sounds incredible. That's awesome. Oh, it's been amazing how like receptive and and, and generous people have been for it. You know, because that's that's the big thing with the whole Snyder's community is that's the big focus that it all mm -hmm. goes, goes towards that cause. That everybody understands what happened with the Snyder family. Um, but to see that money being raised, that's something we constantly try to promote on the Foreigners Network because. You know, like we all see in our modern day depression and suicide have been things that have been really plaguing our society. And that's something we have been trying to put an effort to help in that fight against that. So um, to see that being so well funded and so well supported has been really cool to see. It really gives you some hope in humanity, right? You hear about all this X-Men stuff today and then you hear about this AFSP stuff. It's like, okay, there is hope. <laughs> that's where I wanted to end on that. Uh, and on a high note. <laughs> so you're I'm saying not... you have the high ground? Yeah, exactly. All right, so Max, what you got going on, on your channel? Um, nothing much uh, is in terms of <laughs> scheduled videos or anything. Uh, we always have the Max's Man Cave uh, on Monday nights. Uh, that live stream has been really fun. Um, we just started a new segment on there called Legendary Heroes, which um, I go in depth over. Yeah, uh, last week was uh, we did. Oh, gosh, who was it? It was, it was Joe boxer, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Joe so Lewis. it was Joe Lewis, the boxer who did, um, who was one of the first African American heavyweight boxers in 1938 when he won that title. 
um, and did more for America at that time. He served his country. He won uh, multiple, I mean, I think 10 years worth of fights to uh, keep his title as heavyweight champion. Um, incredible dude. Uh, all his money, all his proceeds went to um, relief, emergency relief funds for Army and Navy. Uh, dude was an absolute legend. So we talked about him uh, last week and this week. I'm still looking for someone for a hero that I can uh, talk about this week. But uh, yeah, we, we do stuff like that where whether it's historical or not, whether it's a comic book character, uh, we just kind of do like a in-depth look at that. So Max's Man Cave is always is Monday. Uh, but other than that, Texas is coming up uh, next week for Dallas uh, uh, Fan Expo. So um, Dawson, if you're going to be there, man, I'll hit you up, but I know you're on vacation. So I don't know if you'll be going to that. I mean, I'll be in San Antonio. So like, yeah, no worries. worries. People don't realize how big big Texas is sometimes. Like, oh yeah, it's its own country. I remember when we moved out of there, it took us three days to get out of the state. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. Especially if you're East Texas going West It'll yeah. like, you know, it'll take you that whole time, but. Oh, we're moving um, from very South Texas to Colorado. So we're going like that long ooh. way. But yeah, if I'm ever in Dallas yeah. again, like, dude, hitting you up, man. Cool. Absolutely. So that's it, Jared, for me. But uh, yeah, once again, thanks for having me on the channel, brother. Uh, I'm going to rewatch this and listen to everyone's picks again. Because uh, I need to take some notes and uh, get on my uh, indie comic game. Of course. Oh. What about you, Nick? Well, for me, uh, I got my uh, YouTube channel. Just go on there and search the Phoenix Press. I got my uh, my weekly show, the Midweek Madness. Uh, this week, I'll be interviewing Aardvark and, uh, you know, kind of shilling for his uh, comic. And uh, uh, kind of up in the air, I was doing a, doing like a little commentary series, but that's kind of, you know, a little iffy right now. But uh, hopefully I can get my uh, Let's Play play thing back up and going. I know me and Jared were talking about doing something, so hopefully that, that uh, comes to pass. So it's, and then in terms of under two caves, uh, I'm going to do a video this Monday about the children of Superman and Wonder Woman because it was requested by the by by the audience. Might as well. And then the Frank Miller uh, ones, right? Well, uh, f- some in terms of that, but uh, the one thing we did do, it, uh, I did decide, and this has been based on the request of a fan, Hunter Prince from from the Justice League Rebirth run doesn't count because. He was the, the son of Wonder Woman, but raised by Superman. They were not together. So it has to be right. the, the children that come from the coupling of those two. So it's probably going to be lots of Frank Miller, which is, I believe, that, by the way, fun fact, Superman is the, I believe, only incontinuity person that has gotten Wonder Woman pregnant. Yeah. I think he may be How the only do you one know who physically that? can. Well, that's, that's true. I, I, I brought this up before, Max biologically speaking it doesn't work okay because it does what are you talking about no it doesn't by that logic neither is batman or wonder woman but wonder woman's a human still the amazonians are like humans they're just like no technically God. she's not technically she's no. not she technically wonder woman was made of statue thing exactly daughter statue of, thing no, no, no. not counting that or she's the daughter of zeus she's a demigod so she's pretty much on superman's power level we've covered the comics last yeah but, but like yeah, we all the, same power the level demigods mean the same physiological beings like okay kryptonians this is what have, i have to do with have we believe this but you know demigods 
are like they're like human-ish. They're all no. You know, I'm pretty sure they're unless no. they're aliens. Do I need to get my sword out and handle this argument? Okay, how would you see Thor? Way, okay, Superman can Thor. Superman is an alien. How do you explain? He is a god. Like an in alien. His own everyone in the Justice League, except for Batman, well, actually, including Batman, because Batman is the god of money. But everyone else in the <laughs> Justice League is a god. That's the whole point of DC: gods amongst men. Well, here's here's the thing: biology about doesn't care about their is, god status. <laughs> the thing is, here's because here's the thing: uh, on, on Earth, when, when in comparison to humans, yes, Superman is a god. But among Kryptonians, he's just a normal Kryptonian because that's why whenever you bring another Kryptonian in, Superman actually has a problem with them because they're on the same power level. And they did like, that in the Superman Wonder Woman comic. Like in terms of Kryptonians, uh, Clark's really not that special. The only thing that's really special about him is that he's been on Earth longer. He's observed more solar radiation. That's the only reason he's he's stronger than a lot of these Kryptonians is because he's been on Earth longer and he's observed observed more yellow sun. That's and totally to right. kind of get technical with this conversation, to hopefully like put this to bed, um, <laughs> you know, you talk about Superman impregnating Wonder Woman. I mean, Superman is basically a very similar biology to human beings, except for the fact that his <laughs> cells radiate or absorb yellow radiation. sun radiation. There's right? also the why the Kryptonians so human. technically, technically, his reproductive stuff is also super. Uh, hence, Has why when Wonder Woman is pregnant. Well, Which yeah, was why in that uh, story, uh, the Dark Knight uh, strikes again. Oh boy, oh boy, uh, I know Superman pretty much instantly, instantly impregnates one and, woman. And, and wait she a second, Lev. Instantly, Lev, John Kent is the is the personification that doesn't matter if the part, partner's human. Superman can impregnate. Them. I love how I this think... how this conversation okay. evolved into a can Superman impregnate people. I'm right, not bringing up the biology book. Has anyone seen Hancock? I, I, I have. Yes, that, that movie's fantastic. The low bridge scene. That is what it will be like every time Superman had sex. Is that exact scene? So, yeah. look, or so, so look, if you want to see Superman, Clark has a shotgun in his pants. Let's just say that. Or I mean, if, if anyone's seen read... Robot Chicken, they'll know it up with. You know, yeah, yeah. Or if you wanna, so speaking of Dark Knight Returns, when he and Wonder Woman do the deed, it causes earthquakes and like it's like <laughs> they destroy mountains. It, it's Frank and Miller, it's, uh... so dude, talk about a romantic night. <laughs> but my point is, he's the only one in continuity I, I mean... that has done it. When they wanted earth-shattering sex, I don't think they meant literally. Yeah, but here's the interesting part, though. Not even Steve Trevor, and everyone wants to say, oh, they're born to be together, really. By the way, first off, Steve Trevor uh, being with Wonder Woman, that was a new 52 thing. He, he, he's pretty much her grandfather in the regular comics. Um, no, Steve Trevor's been the main squeeze for forever. Like, no, he like, hasn't. Because as far as I can remember, like growing up, Steve Trevor was was the guy so it's like i don't i i mean mm -mm. The, i remember growing up see trevor being like you know the, yeah. the guy before it and if you watch uh, if, even if you watch um like for example the wonder woman one animated movie from from like 2005 2006 well before new 52 Steve trevor is is the guy there so it's like Steve trevor well, being that in the comics around that time she was with tom tresser otherwise known as nemesis who can shapeshift and stuff but she, she well, wasn't saying, with steve like well maybe she, she wasn't with him at the time but like i'm just saying steve wasn't always a grandfather person to, as far as i know even growing up i was in the depression steve trevor was a love interest like the mary jane 
to, to Wonder Woman's Peter Parker. That, that's <laughs> not, you know. So eventually, Wonder Woman is going to sell her her marriage to the devil to save her mother. Is that what you're telling me? I mean, Wonder Woman's been around a hundred years. I'm sure there's a story of that somewhere. I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But yeah. So my point is, so I'm going to do a video about the children of Superman and Wonder Woman, the actual biological children. Then on no, Wednesday, illogical. Then on Wednesday, I'm gonna do for for for, for Indie Wednesday, I'll probably do a, a red powder, a, a red earth, a black powder red earth. Then in terms of under two capes, we'll see what I can do if I can get any of you guys ba back in the show, and we'll talk about random stuff. And Dawson, I will be getting in touch with you about doing the art for my comic. Absolutely, just let me know. And uh, lad, do you have anything else cool that you want to bring up before we log off? No, I'm just I'm just your player too. We'll we'll do some of those fun stuff together. All right, uh, we, we are and we're currently on our on our push to 1,000 su subscribers by December. So if we get pump to those this, numbers up, pump them up. Which at this rate we could very well get get, get there because you, we went from 100 to 190 in a month. So probably we could probably jump there. We'll see what happens. There you go. So, uh, uh, like, comment, subscribe. I will have the the uh, links to all these people in the in the, the the descriptions, and we will see you in the next episode. Stay work, everyone. Bye bye. See you.